I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a-truckin' down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a-lookin' for another load. Well, it's a family tradition, any rocky mountain day. Our fathers before us showed us the way. We work for asphalt cowboys and concrete kings. But that's never been a problem, cause we got diesel in our veins. We've got diesel in our veins. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down. What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Welcome back, Jim, Brother Dave, and Super Dave. Morning, everybody. Hi, everyone. Morning, everybody. We should be eating chicken fried steak and eggs right now. We should be. Yep. That sounds good. But it does sound good, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, let's kick off with the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So we got a couple family members members in need of prayer today. Uh, Rico Christensen is one. He said it's okay to discuss on the podcast. He's actually been diagnosed with a form of cancer. Uh, seems to be treatable, but you know he's got a little bit of a road ahead of him, and we definitely want to pray for him. And then I heard from Jimmy V this morning. His grandson is less than one, one month old. He's in a hospital, and we just want to make sure that that baby's okay and makes it home okay so absolutely here we go father god we thank you for the opportunity to go out and do some trucking today we pray for the safety of our fleet all of their families and all the other families and individuals we come across in the road today we pray for patience and in making good safe decisions we pray to be accident free and that we all make it back to the comfort of our homes this evening we pray for healing and 100 percent recovery for all of our family members that are ill we pray for a miracle for Rico and for him to be cancer-free, and we pray for baby Julian Alexander to be 100% healthy and to get to go home from the hospital with his mom and dad. We pray to help find Amber's mom, and no matter what, we trust you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 As a reminder, anything you hear on today's podcast is not the opinion of JFWs. It's just the opinion of the men in this room. Episode 86. 572 downloads. We are at 39.4 thousand total downloads, and we have 205 followers. We missed the follower goal, Jim, by by five. <laughs> you, you wanted, we said 210 last week. We got 205. Right, so right. We uh, do appreciate the new followers. Thanks for listening. I do want to give a shout-out to Australia and the U.K. After the U.S., they are the, the countries that listen the most. Obviously, we have Kevin Palmer out in Australia, Still don't know about the UK, but mm. they're, they're the That's third. Scooby's yeah. buddy, isn't it? Yeah. In Australia. Yep, yeah, exactly. And uh, we recently picked up Finland, so welcome to Channel 23, Finland. Yeah, glad you guys are listening. Hopefully you get something out of it, trucking-wise. <laughs> Speaking of listening, did you know that listening to the radio can be an addiction? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know that, Jim. Just depends on the frequency. (laughs) (laughs) That that was good. That was good. I'm glad you got it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
man. You're up, That's... Soup. You just got to come back from that one. Well, mine might be a little bit on the low road, but that's okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> we can start on the low road as long as we end on the high road. I think everybody will identify with this. So if you see Putin and Kim Jong-un drowning in a lake, who would you save? <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead, Dave. You were going to say... I would say neither. <laughs> you are right on. <laughs> neither. You would try to save the lake from contamination. Oh, oh, that's funny. That's oh. funny. Oh. All right. I'm going to follow up with the Biden joke because that's what got my juices flowing when you were talking about that this morning. And we were pretty quiet in the office, and then I started cracking up because I found so many Biden jokes. <laughs> there right. was a ton of them. Oh, my gosh. It is freaking Oh, there hilarious. has to be a lot. Oh, there. unbelievable. And then I ran across bumper stickers. And I think I ordered 13 bumper stickers. I'm not sure. But wow. anyway. <laughs> so in 1992, while being interviewed by MTV, Bill Clinton was asked if he wore boxers or briefs. Clinton replied, boxers. In 2008, U.S. Magazine asked Obama, boxers or briefs? Obama declined to answer the question. Last week, the AARP asked <laughs> Biden, boxers or briefs? Biden responded, depends. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, did you guys hear about the, the husband and wife that were uh, been married quite a long time, and the wife was trying to bring some romance back in the, in the marriage there? So she decided to send her husband a text, and she says, uh, <clears throat> she wrote this message. She says, if you're sleeping, send me your dreams. If you're laughing, send me your smile. If you're eating, send me a bite. If you're drinking, send me a sip. If you are crying, send me your tears. I love you so much. Her husband texted back, I'm on the toilet. Please advise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is a good one. All right, new employees. We had Albert Lopez start this morning. So welcome to the fleet, Albert. Welcome, Albert. Yeah, welcome. Yes, sir. Welcome aboard. Hope you're listening to the podcast. You know, uh, to our trainers out there, I've been talking to some of the new people and not all the trainers are pushing the podcast so you know first week of training is a good good way to get people involved in listening right so yeah please make sure you listen to an episode your first week listen to that podcast while you're out there yep yeah we talk about different stuff and i know jam you talked about you know changing the podcast up this week had some ideas and we talk about the purpose of the podcast and things like that but you know through the years you, you like your pre-trip your post-trip and you know dave you like to tell that one story about the the guy that um, would jump out of the helicopter and save lives the rescue stuff not hooking his carabiner you know because it's it's you get numb to it yep. you know you get numb to it so are we are we getting some numbness with the podcast or are we not reaching you know like having having Paco on that was maybe a different subject than talking about the trucking stuff but mm -hmm. our subjects today we have they're the same thing but it's the same thing we face, you know, we talk about it every week because they're important. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know, I don't know how you stress that and take the, 
you know, if you, if we have a trainer that's not listening, I'm disappointed, I guess. Yeah. Or a trainer that's not pushing the podcast to the new guy because truly, you know, the purpose of the podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet. That's right. what that's what we're doing. This is the right. simplest. We've accomplished something great here as far as the simplest way to touch everybody yep. without taxing on your time. Yeah, and here's, I mean, here's one of the reasons why. This is week 87 of doing this. <laughs> For Jim, it's year 41. For me, it's year 36, however many weeks that is along. But anyway, Juan came over here this morning from yard 23, had a flat tire, had a nail in it, had to get it shot, had, it, had to get it repaired here at the shop, right? Mm. Get it fixed. And you know me, instantly, it's like, phew, somebody didn't do a good post-trip if we found it flat, right? This morning when we did our pre-trip to leave and here's the reason why we discuss this number one i want to give a shout out to juan because he found he had a low tire he actually pulled it over to air it up as he's airing it up gets it up to x amount of air and the air is just gushing out of the tire right and he's like well obviously i can't run this for the day so he calls comes over here to the shop he didn't drive the truck yesterday Someone else parked it and left it like that, yeah. right? He was, he was in so, class yesterday. Right. So someone didn't do a very good post trip because they parked it, A, with either the tire already flat and never checked it, or B, it was gushing air and they parked it and never checked it. But either way, they never checked it. And here's episode 87. Jim's talking about it being the same thing every week. And here's my example of why we have to talk about everything we do Every week, we we have to we have to imprint that in our brains and make it something that we just continue to do. And you know, I, I forget how many weeks it is, but if or days in a row, but if you do something, God, what is it like twenty six days in a row, it becomes habit. There's a there's oh, a number on that. Like that. Yeah, I, I, thought, I remember the story about you have to do something for ten thousand hours to be an expert. To be an expert, something? that is yeah. ten thousand hours, Dave. If you yeah. do something for ten thousand hours, you become an expert at it. But but there's whatever's habit forming. It's it's 19 days, 10 days, 12 days, 26 days, whatever the case may be. You form that habit. Well, I think we have a lot of people that have formed the habit to not do a post trip, mm. and they need to form the habit to do a post trip and do an effective one. And we talk about that so very often. And so those are one of the things. You know, Dennis or I'm sorry, <laughs> Dennis uh, Juan lost a load this morning. JFW lost a load this morning. The house was was exposed and and didn't earn that money. Yeah. And we so, got to pay Juan. Yeah, and we got to pay Juan out of pocket all because someone didn't do their job. And it's it's a job that requires 1 minute of your time. Yeah. You know, we provide the hammer, we provide the technique, we provide the the instrument on the truck or the tool on the truck, meaning the gauge, you know, that reads the tire pressure management system and I know we've had a lot of flaws with those, but they're still better than not having them. You know, so anyway, I mean, that's why, Jim, that's why we have to keep doing it. And that is making us better because we do have so many people that have changed, that have done the post trip, that that do things better now. You know, we just ran into a case on Monday. We had a light out on one of the trailers. Again, over at Yard 23, had to come over here to be repaired. And, you know, we were told, hey, the light worked when I parked it. I did my post trip. The light worked when I parked it. Hmm. Well, when the mechanic took it apart, the wire was broken. (laughs) For and corroded, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure the light didn't work when it was parked. Nah, just you know, being honest, just yeah. tell the truth. So uh, you know, it's it's hard. 
it's hard to hear those things, be told those things, and it's easy to generalize and label everyone when that's not the case, right? It's truly a few, yeah. and and those are the things we have to work on. You know, the ma- and, I would tell you the majority of the the people we have here are freaking amazing. Yeah, right. They do an incredible job. It's just the few. Yeah, I'd agree. Most everybody is great, and but nobody's perfect, right? Yeah. But to me, there's a difference of making a mistake or missing something. Or knowingly and willingly not doing your job the way we're paying you to do it and being okay with that. Right. You know, when when you know that you can't haul eighty five more than eighty five thousand on secondaries without a permit and you go and you do it repeatedly, that just tells us you don't care about the house, you care about yourself. You know, when you don't do a post trip at the end of the day, that just tells us you don't care about the truck. You don't care about the piece of equipment that makes you money day after day after day after day after day. And like you said, it's not everybody, but if, like, where's your conscience? Like, for me, things need to be done a certain way for me to go home at the end of the day and be able to sleep well and feel like I did a good job here at JFW. You know what I mean? As a driver, your job is pretty cut and dry. Do your post trips. Don't haul over away without a permit. Don't haul over 80000 on I-25. You know, these are just basic things that you were trained to do from day one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just a lot of thought goes into that, Jim, because I I don't want to, you know, I started it off that way, and you guys are jumping in there and helping, but just droning on the the same thing. Yeah. You know, because you have to, like you guys just said, you know, Juan got taken care of because we, we initiated that, that we don't think that's fair for Juan. You know, but the guy that didn't do it, what, except for the personal pride like you're talking about, right? What did it matter to him? I mean, you really have to step back and care for the place you're working, no matter what job you have, no matter what driver or position you have, and, and care about the success of that company. I guess that's hard to create also to, mm-hmm. to do, because otherwise everybody here is mostly taken care of. Yeah. And and I guess that's the that's the tough spot. That's the that's where you just you, it rubs you wrong. And I, and I'm sure any trucking trucking company, especially in today's I don't know not economy, but today's culture with trucking, the drivers are are, are more and more taken care of. But they got to remember where that care comes from. And and it starts it starts like we practice around here together, all of us helping each other. Well, it's the fundamental belief that we want things better. Yeah, and, and you know what I mean. That's where we're trying to build a better business. We're trying to create a better place to work. We're trying to have better equipment. We're trying to do a better job. We're trying to drive better. You know, the cameras have made us better. The all of these things to be better are what we're striving for, right? And then when you take a person who's just like, "Oh, I'm not going to do that." Yeah, I mean the third line in the creed, and I used to love when I would be in the interviews with Dave, and he would say this: "Together we joyfully create honest value for those we serve." Well, what does that mean? And Dave would just mean that means giving your very best, right. you know. So if you're not giving your very best, but the people around you are giving your very best, they're they're carrying your slack. Yeah, you know. It's a little bit disappointing because I spend a large part of my time talking about our culture. And, and going over the creed and explaining how we are a Super Bowl champion team and it takes the team to um, want to be better and to 
one person being better influences another person to be better to raise the bar oh yeah and i constantly say you know where do you want to be do you want your bar to be high and try to achieve that bar but even if you don't achieve that bar you still are finishing higher than if you set your bar low and achieve that level of of achievement you know and it just you know i i i kind of draw people in because they're coming from other workplaces where the bars are set really low and whether it's the equipment or the leadership or the communication all of those things fall into the reasoning why they're leaving that job mm -hmm. and so i can you know say hey this is us here at jfw because we set the bar high we want to go out and win the super bowl every day and they they love that and unfortunately the there's people there that maybe they don't know how to do it or they haven't been brought up to to want to try that hard i guess and um, I would just love to light that fire under everybody and say, hey, let's try harder. Right. You know? Imagine uh, a quarterback, right, just wants to show up on game day and throw, super, and throw touchdowns. Right? I want, and to me, that's payday, right? To me, you just won't get paid, right? Yeah. He just wants to show up and, and, and throw touchdowns, but he don't want to show up and practice and put in the work to throw those touchdowns doesn't work like that yeah no it does not work like I, that i mean we've talked about this time and time and time again and you know it's funny you bring up the quarterback analogy because i was sitting here waiting for dave to finish to bring up when peyton manning came to the broncos he made everyone around him better right it's not that he took us to the super bowl the first year the one we lost you know the defense won that game not not peyton manning on the second year the second super bowl but my point to that is he made everyone around him better. And that, that video that we watched that I think, I think you sent it out with the one podcast, didn't you, Jam, that we talked about a couple weeks ago where if you, you know, they did, they went around and interviewed all these businesses and they took their superstar oh, and yeah. that superstar, if you just sat next to that superstar, you were what, 10% better? Is that what it was? 15%. 15% yeah. better. Yeah. But if you didn't sit next to that superstar, you were 30% worse. Well, if you were surrounded, yeah. Oh, yeah, if you were, if you, yeah, if you were surrounded by someone who wasn't a superstar, right, the opposite, right. you were 30% worse. Right. So, you know, I guess I hope these people that aren't doing the, the post trip, I hope at night they can park next to a Peyton Manning that's going to elevate their game and they're going to do their post trip. Yep. You know, or or that that superstar that's doing their post trip, and that pressure will rub off on them. You know, did the we moral, talk about the, the the draft horses uh, last week or the week before? Yeah, yeah. that was Belgians. such a great illustration, right? You know that right. together they work more intensely because it's a competition or whatever, yeah. and they can actually pull yeah. more than. I like right? the twenty five foot analogy. So the moral of that story to me is, if you get around a slacker. Don't let them within 25 feet of you. Just be like, hold up right there. <laughs> Don't come any closer. Yeah. Hey, are you a slacker? Get out of here. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about something exciting and upbeat. Sweet. <laughs> and we have other stuff on here, Jim? We haven't gotten to the podcast, <laughs> yeah. man. We're off on tangents. And yeah. shout outs. We're going to get to that stuff here in a minute. Celebration. Celebration. <laughs> it's a celebration. By the way, my pastor's been listening to the podcast. And Paco's pastor, and 
He said, oh, man, I learned, I learned that new word, amygdala. He's like, I learned some other words too. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Celebrations, anniversaries, July 1st, Jason Gamage, four years. Congratulations, Jason. Jason. Thanks, Jason. Gamage the damage. You make nights look easy, man. Yep. Thank you. Super Dave says it feels like you were here a lot longer. I don't know what that means. but <laughs> yeah. Birthdays, we got Tony Martinez has a birthday on Monday the 26th. Or that just passed. Scooby had a birthday <coughs> yesterday. And Timothy Garcia, he has a birthday tomorrow, 629. Happy birthday, guys. Yeah, yep. happy yep. birthday. I, yeah, and, and Scoob, this is just proof you're older than I am, buddy. <laughs> I also want to throw out there that Scooby shares a birthday with yep. Jim and I's mom and dad's anniversary. Oh, nice. Yesterday was their 64th wedding anniversary. Wow. Yep. So, happy anniversary, uh, mom and dad. Happy, happy anniversary. anniversary. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, can you, can you, I mean, I, I know Dave brought it up, not Brett, 64 years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you can't, that's. I, I don't know anyone else that has been married that long. N- no, I don't, I don't know that many people. No, I, 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 I hear about them, but that long. I mean, most, most of the time that's a person's lifetime as such. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, I that, think I've heard 50 years here and there, 64 years though. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's rare. So very, very proud of him. What a. Says, There's a bar. Says something about their character. Yes. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, absolutely. Family, family birthday celebrations. We got Ricky DeLeon's wife, Esperi. Her birthday's tomorrow. And then Serenity Ariola. Her birthday is this Friday. That is uh, Veronica and uh, Alonzo's daughter. Mm. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Yep. Shout outs. Rico Christensen wants to give a shout out to Joanne for helping him set up his disability benefits uh you know this is a real trying time for rico and joanne's just anytime he needs something she's there helping him so absolutely yeah absolutely she cares a lot absolutely i want to give a a shout out to big country he left left us a very nice google review i did see that it was nice jim right and then uh he wanted to give a shout out to all the guys running bulker y'all are doing an awesome job also shout out to rob Congratulations on getting married in a couple days. Yeah, yep. congratulations, Congra- Rob. Yeah, if you're listening, Rob, congratulations. That big yep. country brought that up. Linda, she wants to give a shout-out to Rick Gray for jumping on the radio to help Tony dump at a job site where he was worried about material not coming out of the trailer and the trailer going over. He walked him through the building. He walked him through building a ramp, dumping, not moving off the ramp with the trailer up. Thank you, Rick. Yeah, Good Rick. Job, Rick. Ha- yeah. Rick's helped out a couple times the last few weeks. I think he helped with a mud flap yeah. too recently. Just, just some advice. Yep. He, he helped with that leasey yesterday that we had uh, yeah. running. Holy cow! Yeah, Rick's always protecting the house. He's always willing to help new guys. And yeah, he saw a truck that wasn't looking too good. So. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that's an understatement, yeah. Jam. I'm, I'm sorry. It was, was Dave showed me the picture. What's wrong with this? And then there was this, and there was this, and there was this, and then there was this. And we got when we got when I lost it when we got to the chain holding the battery box on. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. They did end up saying that's for security. <laughs> it is to securely hold the box on yeah. the frame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now I, I I mean I wish the. The Lisi the best to be able to recover from that and do a better job, but yeah. it's something we can't. It's not. It's not our culture. Yeah. yeah. So send him over to United. He could get one of the one of the old JFW trucks. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Scooby Dustin and Casey for the fine job they did on the new Def Tank slash Def Tower. 
That thing is. Death uh, tower. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it it's is a, a death, death tower. Is. Yeah. Huh? It's a death tower. <laughs> 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 he revealed. <laughs> he real gin, Dave. He did. Oh, he did. I'm, I'm as gullible as he gets. Oh. <laughs> Fred Powell wants to give a shout out to Rich and the Wash Bay for coming in and watching bulk tankers on the weekend. So mm-hmm. I did see uh, Rich and, Rich, and uh, he, he goes Lexi. out of his way. He was telling me B, I don't know if it's B fifty six that he uh, acidized it the other day, and he's like, "Yeah, it just didn't come out at all, like he was hoping." And I looked at it, and it freaking looked great. I was like, Rich, come on, buddy. That thing looks great. You look around this town, and nobody, you know, uses concrete cutter and acidizes their, their right. bulkers. And so you do a good job, Rich. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's see here. Fred Powell oh, just did that one. Jimmy V wants to give a shout-out to Powder, Potter for helping with pinpoints and uh, <clears throat> Samsara ELD. And answering the phone every time he called. He went out of town with Potter, and Potter just guided him through through all the ins and outs of Samsara and stuff like that. So that, That's awesome. That is very cool. Yep. Uh, Ismael was in here the other day. I think he was broke down, and we were talking to him, and he was just talking about Samsara and how it's made him a better driver. So shout out to Ismael for using that tool to its capability. And it was It was my understanding. I lit the camera up yesterday. It wouldn't stop oh, talking man. to me, but I, I kind of. We had to go live on you. Just, <laughs> just so the Freightliner yesterday. I knew. <laughs> I knew after like the thirty seventh. You're following too close. You're following too close. <laughs> announcement that I'm like, man, I bet the guys are just watching me now. <laughs> but in my defense, while everyone is listening, I was driving a truck with no hood, whatsoever. <laughs> like it was missing. It was gone. So. I was trying to stay tight to the back of Mike, who I was following in the pickup, so <laughs> cars he, wouldn't get between us. And yeah, I, st- I still left a big enough gap. A, gar- a car got between us a couple times. I'm like, oh, man. Man, I thought there was a chain holding you guys <laughs> together. <laughs> uh, I told Mike, I was like, because I was giving him a hard time. Hey, when can we get that truck over in? He's like, oh, I just got to do this and this and this. And he gave me this big old list. And Super Dave teased him. And he was like, oh, so you'll be ready in 10 minutes? And Mike's like, yeah, right. <laughs> he came in like 20 minutes later. And he's like, hey, do you want to run that truck over? And I'm yeah, like, I was surprised. Uh, dude, it's rush hour. Like, we have no hood. Do you want me to do it in the morning? And Mike's like, no. They, they give us the cops more to look at if we're just in the middle of traffic. And I was like, <laughs> we no sooner get on Highway 2 and we're right next to an unmarked, you guys. No way. And everybody freaks out. And I am like, so they all see him and they're all like, 44 miles an hour in that 45 <laughs> mile an hour zone and the dude is right next to me and i'm like are you kidding me uh, highway two there it was yeah definitely a commerce city cop for sure I, well david was in the un- that it was an unmarked i honestly couldn't tell man he had all uh, the antennas the government plate the spotlights you know i mean the whole nine yards and yeah he didn't care he didn't care i had no hood whatsoever you know i got a comment on the situational awareness of that four-wheeler that got between you and mike what's he thinking Mike has strobe lights on his service truck, and and then here you are driving down the road with no hood on a big semi truck, yeah. and the car gets in between you. It's like, what are you doing, yeah. buddy? You know what was honestly weird is, you couldn't see the front end. You could not with the hood gone. There is, I'm sure in the camera, you guys could probably see the radiator, but there there nothing. You just have windshield. There is nothing to see out that front window. Uh, I mean, obviously, I knew I you know. 
how close or something. Not like I was afraid of hitting something, but yeah, kind of interesting to drive something. Felt you like can't you were see driving the a 1974 Econoline van. Yeah, huh? the old cab over. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Robert Lincoln wants to give a shout out to Frank and 0040 for helping out with the bulkers. Robert is filling in for, you know, we got a couple guys out in the bulk division, so Robert filled in, and Frank helped him along the way, so thank you for that. Hey, Bro- I just want to jump in there on the bulkers right quick. We have, the bulkers kind of doubled because now we're pulling everything out of Laramie again, so we went from like five bulkers to 13, I think, I think 13 the, yeah, the other day, and that just, when we go from five to 13, it doubles our percentage for having a problem because we may have someone do something that they're not accustomed to doing. So I just want to ask and, and beg that, hey, if you're not sure how to blow off or what hose to hook to or what silo you're going to connect to or whatever the case, we have some safety devices in place so that shouldn't happen. But it scares us to death to put a load of fly ash in a cement silo or mm. vice versa. I mean, it is that is tens of thousands of dollars in mistakes you know, and that's hopefully if it's caught, you know, that we can clean the silo out and what all's contaminated and what a nightmare. I mean, we've we've done that before and it's not good. It does not end well. So, and man, it's it's tragic. So please, you know, we talk about doing your job. We're begging for you to do a post trip. Now we're really begging for you to do your job 100%. I guess there's just, there's a lot of room for error when we go from five trucks to like 13 on it. Because you may have seven people that aren't accustomed to doing it every day. So, you know, really got to pay attention there. Mm-hmm. We're, we're really hoping you guys are focused and vigilant. And, you know, we got great guys running those plants. Why Rob's off on vacation getting married, him and Tara. And, uh, you know, we got Steady Eddie Freddy at, at uh, Central banging it out up there. And I, I heard Big Country mm-hmm. yep. took over down at Union. Yep. To, Big Country's a great to, resource as well. To take care of that down there at Union. So, yeah, get with those guys. Ask lots of questions. Be sure you're doing it right. Be sure you're dropping it in the right mm-hmm. place. Yep. Be sure you're disconnecting correct. <clears throat> be sure you're putting the trailer high enough. You know, be sure your hose is disconnected before you pull away. Be sure, mm. you know, all of those things, yep. just one minute of prevention to walk around that truck and trailer either before you drop it or after you've unloaded it or whatever the case may be, man. Do your job. Really think that through. It's very, very, very important. What was that? What was that quote yesterday? Safety's free, so take some. Yeah. Take, you know, yeah, so safe, like that. Safety's yeah. free. Take as much as you can. Yep. Or take yeah. as much as you want. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so you know, just walking around the trailer, that's just being safe, Dave. You yeah. know, not alone, you know, mixing up materials, but yeah. it's free, you guys. And and like you're saying, one of those mistakes, it just costs everybody. Yeah. It's just crazy the issues we've had with dropping and hooking trailers over there, Jim. It's it mm-hmm. it's things I we never would have thought of, you know, by dropping the trailer too low. And then when we go to back under it with the trucks, we're not dropping the airbags and we're gouging the plastic uh, plates out of the fifth wheels that are built into it. Mm. So then we're, you know, metal on metal on half or whatever. And you can still crank that trailer up loaded. It's just a little bit of work. It's a two-speed landing leg. And I ran into somebody the other day that didn't know two-speed land. They had two speeds on them. You're kidding. They thought there was only one speed. And I'm like, oh, pull that arm out, wiggle it, adjust it falls right into the second hole it's like shifting gears you can go you can crank that trailer right up you may work up a sweat and get to panting a little bit but mm-hmm. it cranks that trailer right up and then you can back under it yeah, you big, know big country sent me two memes uh yesterday i gotta read them um so 
The first one is is so close to home. Everybody should listen. It is necessary for us to learn from others' mistakes. You will not live long enough to make them all yourself. <laughs> That's awesome. It is. And then the second one is very similar to our backing um, thing that we say about how expensive it is when you hit something. But carefulness and safety consciousness costs you nothing. Carelessness may cost you your life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So way to go for finding those big country. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Brother Dave, I skipped over the um, shout out for Travis because I wanted you to give that one since. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So Travis in the wash bay, uh, my son, Sam, he came down Monday night to drop off some tree limbs that he's uh, been working at <coughs> cleaning up mom and dad's house. And, uh, he, you know, opened up the gates because they have the gates closed there at 23 and drove through them and backed up to the dumpster to throw some limbs in. And Travis didn't recognize the pickup, didn't recognize him, and cruised right up to him and was like, hey, can I help you? You know, do you need what's going on or who are you? Or <laughs> That's why you called me the other yeah, day. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> Travis was pretty worried about it when he found out it was my son. <laughs> and uh, he even called me and I'm like, oh, dude, I'm so thankful you did that. Because you're protecting the house. I didn't inform any. Well, I didn't know Sam was coming down. Otherwise, I would have let somebody know. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thankful for Travis protecting the house and investigating, hey, who are you? Why are you here? Why are you dumping stuff in our dumpster? And, you know, really looking out for things. So good job, Travis. Thank you for that. Absolutely. It's good stuff. Yep. Sam didn't answer him. Hey, bud, get away from me. I'm just <laughs> looking for an empty dumpster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I've been dumping stuff in here for six months. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Any other shout outs from you guys? Yeah, I got two, Jim. Um, Dave, I'll let Dave be my voice of reason, but, you know, we talk about when we sit out in the pickup and just watch the guys go in and out in the morning. I think it's gotten a lot better, Dave. Don't don't you? <laughs> oh, his face just went blank. No, I, I think the guys are doing a lot better job. I just wanted to give a shout out to everybody here at this yard going in and out of the driveway. I think it's, it's nice to see people trying to make a difference and go in and out of the driveways a little better, you know, stopping and looking both ways and that kind of stuff, not being in such a big rush. So shout out to everybody when they leave the yard. I think you guys are doing a great job. I agree. And then uh, just one right quick here. Um, I know Rich from Garney Construction, we've had him on the podcast. Um, his son, uh, Rich and Shelly, his wife's name is Shelly, but their son Hayden uh, is getting married tomorrow to uh, his girlfriend, uh, Alex. And uh, when we talk about anniversaries, I just wanted to wish him the best on their... Yeah, on their a brand new anniversary. S- yeah. Right, starting on their new anniversaries. And Rich, I just talked to Rich last weekend, and or seen him this last weekend, and he's went back and listened to a lot of the episodes. So he was he was like giving me episode numbers, Jam. It's kind of funny. Wow. He goes, do you remember episode 12? You know, and I'm like, <laughs> uh, no, Rich. Oh, he said, I got, I got really emotional on that one. And I'm like, I'm like you did? And then, I'm, and then I'm worried, like, which one was 12 that got you emotional it happened to be the one that dad was on so oh, you know and it, yeah it was it was it was really good i bet that hit home because of his relationship yeah. oh, with his dad at work yeah. exactly yeah. exactly yeah, that's sure. that's what for it sure. was so yeah yeah, yeah, ab- yeah absolutely so anyway congratulations hayden and alex yeah and use use uh hayden use your parents as an example because i i don't know how many years rich and Shelley have been married i do know it's over 30 30 31 32 32 i I, I think 32 gotta be close yeah slap me on the hand for not knowing this weekend rich when i see you so (laughs) (laughs) soup you got any shout outs 
Uh, not off the top of my head. I should have prepared better because <laughs> there's always a shout out, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's the good shout outs and then there's the shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> we do do shout outs every week. Just so you'll, you know. you'll come up with one before we end, Dave. That's you'll, true. You'll have That's one. true. You'll have Did one. You'll episode. You'll 87 and we got super dave off guard man <laughs> hey I, I okay i just thought of one we're doing I, shout this, one's, <laughs> this one is really off the cuff you guys but i want to give a shout out to the dude i interviewed yesterday to afternoon the dude <laughs> his name is dave olson and who knows he might become a teammate but he mm-hmm. is an end dumper like we are end dumpers, right? We we've been end dumping. We do it. It's what we do. We're not flatbedders. We're not we, fuel haulers. We're no, not food we haulers. are end dumpers. Yeah. And so he's like, you know, he's like, I it's it's what I enjoy doing. I've just really enjoyed end dumping. He goes, I look at my pile and make sure it's a nice round pile, and and I says. What about your snail tra- trails? And he's like, no, no, you never leave snail trails. And he knew everything. And I was just like, right on. Oh, so, is he coming to work for us, Dave? Uh, I hope so. We'll find out. I hope so, too. I hope he listens to the podcast. podcast. And, yeah, you know, if he doesn't, he's listening to us. If he doesn't, we're taking the shout out back. Yeah. <laughs> I have a nickname for him already. He's Davo. Davo. <laughs> Dave Olson. Yep. Davo. Davo. Done. Davo. Davo, Brother Dave, Super Dave. Man. Right? Uh, I like it. That was done. All right. Let's get into some meat and potatoes here. First thing on the discussion list is to check your axon. And what are we checking for? You want to check your axon, check your tickets. You want to make sure, number one, you're at the right pit. You want to be picking up the material at the right place. Sounds pretty straightforward. Next thing you want to do, you want to make sure you're picking up the right material because that's important, too. Then you want to look at your ticket, make sure you're going to the right plant, and then when you get there, you want to make sure you deliver into the right pile and the right bin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sounds complicated. Well, yeah, because yeah, sorry, Dave, super Dave, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say to ride on those coattails to jam. When you get a verbal dispatch, like in the middle of the day when you're calling in, repeat that back to dispatch because sometimes there is something lost in in the translation over the radio. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you, they might have said Ragsdale, and you thought, you know, Elton Fort Lupton or something. <laughs> Fry. That, that yeah. happens a lot. It Dave. does, and you, you you're visualizing one. Even if you say it correct, sometimes it's happened where I've said it, and I'm like, oh, oh man, I'm I'm picturing this one, mm-hmm. but they meant this one. So when you say it, it kind of hits home. You know what I mean? It's that little right. ding right. ding bell goes off. I know it's not possible all the time, but they send you. And, with the verbal, they send you a ticket. You know, and you'll even hear the drivers, you know, it's kind of a joke in dispatch, send me the axon because they always send them. It's like, yeah. no, we're not going to send you one this time. Yeah. But they always send it. No you know, maybe, you. maybe you're driving, you can't look at it, but when you get to where you're going, you could certainly open up your axon and make sure... <laughs> You're actually at the right place. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you started this whole conversation, Jam, and I'm, I'm fighting laughing because I'm picturing Erica, James's youngest daughter. She's, she's coined this phrase called Durder. Like, Where are you going? I'm, I'm hauling what to plant 12? Durder. And they, they had this friend come live with them, and I, she said his name, and I'm like, who? And she's like, oh, Durder. And I'm like, what? She goes, oh, yeah, Uncle Dave, his, he's a Durder. And I'm like, what? You know? And, uh. It's just like in reference to, you know, probably not really the smartest person, right? I was going to say, is that a dumbass? Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. So don't be it's a that, nerder. Yeah, it's that blank look. You know, like, <laughs> duh. <laughs> so we do bring this up because we did have this happen. Uh, we picked up a load at the wrong place, and I believe we might have even brought it. No, we brought it to the right place. But no. No. We, brought well, it we the loaded it the wrong place. We delivered we, it to the wrong, wrong place, place. Then we, we contaminated it we from the wrong place. We dumped it on place. the wrong place. Yeah. Yeah. Then we bought it from the wrong place and no, lost a lot it. of time and a lot of money and cost us a lot. Yep. We got some traction control at yard twenty three though. Yes, that's good. So, and, and is it the traction control? Absolutely. The thing is, is a couple things on this. One is the the driver said if he had been listening to the podcast, he would have known where three, the material. Yeah, three weeks ago about the changes, right? Right, but I mean, you would know by your accent. We may not even have talked about it on the podcast. Right. You know, I thought that was kind of odd because we don't really talk about material changes Agreed. on the podcast. We could, but one thing we do do is we send axons out with the information on there. So, yeah. And check did, it out. did anybody happen to look? Was the ticket for where it went, or was it also wrong too? I, I didn't look at the ticket because that because we don't haul there with rock, right? So, hmm. yeah. Okay. Next on the list, Fuel Island is for fueling only. No post trips, topping off fluids, etc. Stay with your fuel pump or the handle. And I put tablet coming, but the tablet's been installed. So what this means is... Did, did we get it installed? It's yeah, done. it's working. Yep. Finally came. Oh, oh, it yesterday. works great. Yeah, used, used looks good. Night. Yep, nice good. job getting it done. Scooby. Good location. Good location. It works amazingly. One thing, I'll, well, I'll get to that here in a second. So what's happening is while you're fueling, if you're doing other things, you're not paying attention. One, you could have a fuel spill. You know, and when I, we tell drivers about that who hasn't had a fuel spill yet, they're just like, oh, no, it's in there. It's safe. And it's like, until it's not. Because right. when it's not, it's a pain in the yeah. butt for everybody. Yep. Yeah. Okay. The other thing is, is you're holding up the line. So if you're at the back of the line, you haven't even made it to the dev tank and you want to thump your tires, great, but pay attention. Yeah. Right. But if you're back there and you want to wash your mats off and you disappear and trucks are moving forward and you're holding up the line, that's not fair to the other drivers. It's not fair to the to the community because we got trucks on the street, right? Do that stuff once you're parked. Don't hold up the fuel line. As far as the tablet goes, the tablet works great. One thing that's a little confusing I've seen a couple guys struggle with is they open up the thing and you see somebody's fueling, like the meter is running. Yeah. Right? You just got to hit the back button. That'll take you to the fuel pump selection. Literally... You're already at the, all you do is you open it and you're at the fuel pump selection. You select your pump, you put in the code, you put in your mileage and off you go. Mm, Perfect. That's awesome. And just so everybody knows, if you want to use your phone, you can still do that, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I don't know one person except for Jason Gamage that's going to want to use their phone. (laughs) <laughs> did it did it get did it get put in yesterday i guess i just fueled but i used my phone so i don't even it might I know, have been two there people even, yeah you fueled yesterday no it wasn't installed because you fueled in the morning right i did oh. yeah so the guy, yesterday afternoon yeah yesterday okay. afternoon okay. Okay. when we got back they were the guy was, <laughs> was installing there? okay it okay it was so kind i still of only know one person that would want i thought i knew two now, <laughs> <laughs> now back to one <laughs> it was kind of funny because the you know scooby had it all lined out where to mount it and stuff we talked about it and I got back, and Scooby was, hey, they're here putting that iPad in, you know, for the fuel cloud. And I was like, oh, great. You know, and he said, yeah, they couldn't mount it on the front side. They were putting it on the back side. And I'm like, no, we can't have it on the back side. 
And Scooby's like, well, he told me he couldn't put it on the front side. I'm like, well, let's go out there. We go out there, and I, you know, sure enough, the guy's putting it on the back side. And the whole reason we created the deaf tower, tower and moved that pallet out of the way is so that iPad could go right where it wound up being. In a convenient spot. In a convenient spot, right, right. where it's safe to stand on the ground. Right. And the guy was putting it clear on the backside where there's a pretty good possibility, unless you're a big guy, you would have had to have stood up onto the that little island, mm-hmm. right? And I told the guy, I was like, hey, we need this on the front side. And he goes, I can't do it. And I'm like, well, this is where it needs to go. And he said, well, I'm almost done. And I'm like, okay, if you can't do it, I said, why don't you come back? We'll move it. And you can come back and wire it tomorrow. And the guy was like, where do you want it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he moved it, but he told Scooby, no, he couldn't do it. And Scooby uh, was like, okay. And I, I guess I I was so frustrated because I'm like, this isn't safe here. You know, and the guy was like, well, why do you want it moved? And I, that's exactly what I said. It's not safe here. We have the possibility of 100 people falling, getting on this. And our whole goal in, in everything we do is safety, right? You know, and, and the guy was like, okay. And he was pissed about it. But he was a jerk to Scooby. He was a jerk to me. And I I guess I finally looked at Scooby and I'm like, we're paying for something to be done the way we want it. You know what I mean? If you called an order to pizza from this dude and you just wanted pepperoni and mushrooms, he was going to bring you like green peppers. Not what you wanted. It was what he wanted to do. That explains it because I went out there. Nobody was there. His van was there, but he wasn't there. So I'm like, do 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 do. I open the thing and I'm like looking at it. Well, he comes over. I'm like, I was like, man, this looks great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was already moved on the back side i was like man this looks great how you doing today and he's like same poop different day i'm like okay <laughs> yeah he was he was just go get a different job That's, right when i meet I, these people it's like go find a job that you enjoy doing but it's not the job but there isn't yeah. one right. yeah they're unhappy people yes. right you know and he finally didn't have anything to say when i said listen this is a safety issue You've got to move it. And he's like, well, I'm almost done. And I'm like, come back. We'll move it. We'll put it where we want it. You come back and wire it. We don't, we don't need you. Right. You know? So right. here's the kicker. How come he didn't ask first? Scooby where told him. like this mounted? Dave, it was, it was the lamest, most half-ass excuse. And it doesn't even make sense to it, mount it, it on the other side. It didn't to me either, Jim. And, and then he tried telling me because they mount Unistrut to that tower and he said, well, it doesn't fit with the other box there. And I, I kind of leaned down, and I, I took my hands across both sides, and I'm like, well, it fits perfect. It's like you cut the unistrut for it. Huh. It fits in there perfect. Hmm. All right. <laughs> and off he went. And I'm like, wow, dude, you're – I hope you're not married because you must not have a Man, very happy wife. you're doing a wife. great job, buddy. That looks <laughs> – Right? <laughs> he yeah. probably thought I was in on it. <laughs> <laughs> I told Scooby, I said, we need to get Jim to go out there after I told him to move it. Move it again. And let him get it moved and go, who told you to put it here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been good. Oh. Man. Yep. All right. Uh, I want to bring up that the wildlife is out. We've had a couple deer strikes and a few near misses. Yep, a bunch of deer have been out. I mean, just in the middle of the road, and yep. you know they'll surprise you. Oh boy, and it's no fun hitting hitting a deer when you elk. least expect it yeah. to come Always. out of nowhere. Yep. No, I seen I seen one. In fact, I showed it to Super Dave because he's got his camper and stuff where a deer jumps and misses like the pickup, uh, but goes right through the front of the camper. Oh, I mean, it, pa- pasted yeah, to the, you've seen it yeah. too, Yeah, Dave. pasted to the front of that, that camper, 
and then they slow up and stop and there you can hear like the woman going hey he's in the camper he's in the camper and they get stopped and the deer kind of like falls out slides off the front and runs off yeah <laughs> oh no way yeah yeah, yeah. it was wow. crazy jim but as big as the end i mean it was just like a perfect jump and cave the whole front of the camper yeah it, i don't want to use the word impaled but he was like <laughs> he was impaled. impaled in the face of the camper right it collapsed several mm, feet not much to it was wrapped campers. all no. around him and he was like stuck in it sideways yeah, like got lucky yeah for sure he probably was a little sore but shook it off and was fine <laughs> yeah right? right yeah dangerous stuff though yep who wants to talk about liners? I don't want to. <laughs> what about liners? Well, who told me to put liners in the uh, outline? I didn't. They're, they're slick in the winter. <laughs> yeah, they're don't slick. stand on them when it's snowing. Uh, why on. are they important? They're a must with an aluminum trailer. Why are they important? Because you know, they help material slide out. Talking to that gentleman yesterday, and um, he has a liner in his trailer for the company that he's working for, but it's just flat on the floor. Like mm. our old Eagle Rocks or, or whatnot. Loser. And I said, well, ours run halfway up the sides. And so I pulled the tailgate open and, and showed him. He goes, why? Well, ours will raise up. And he goes, remember how they would just, they were floppy almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. And ours are secured so much better because I think there's more down pressure when they're held in on the sides like that because of sure. the force of the bend in the liner, you know? Yeah. But anyway, he says, I got to go in there and clean mine out like every load because there's, I'm just going to make this up. There's like 300 pounds of sand that sticks under there every yeah. single load. You know, it just but. thrills me to hear stories like that, Dave, because it just reassures me the equipment we're buying is the best you can do. It is. And there are decisions that Jim and I have made along the way, right? I mean, we personally ran aluminum trailers with no liner. And you're like, oh my God, this is so treacherous, right? Way worse than a steel trailer. I mean, you then couldn't that, even, you could, because most of the guys don't know, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Dave, but you couldn't even run a shovel down it. The shovel stuck, the steel <laughs> shovel yeah, right? stuck to the aluminum yeah. because the sand, not necessarily the rock, you'd think it was the rock, but the sand would put a, a, a grain in the aluminum, yeah. you know, when you yeah. hauled it all day long, yeah. and most of the guys don't even know it, that. It would rough it up. Yeah, yeah. and you couldn't you couldn't slide your sh steel shovel on the aluminum. It, it bit together. It yeah. Was, it was terrible. Yeah. So then we started with just the floor liner, like this guy's talking mm -hmm. about. And then it was like, wait a minute, we can get a liner that's <clears> up the <throat> sides, 18 inches? And you realize, you know, the material is only two foot or three foot up the side to begin with when the trailer's full and you just realize how much safer it is and you know the trailers are tapered that they're narrower in the front than they are in the back and the way the liners are designed that that breaks the material free so much faster and you know it just ah it's just one thing after another that makes it better mm -hmm. you know and it's just it's just a real quality product you know again talking to Juan this morning he didn't realize that we've had those trailers designed for us you know and if anybody looks around have you ever seen any other trailer manufacturer with the tail lights in the tailgate? Mm -hmm. No one puts them in the tailgate. Nope, just why, JFW. Why do we put them in the tailgate? Keep them clean. Keep, keep them clean. Them from getting you damaged. Bet. Absolutely. Keeps yeah. the material and off even of it. Cliff, our, our manufacturer, when you would come to him and say, Cliff, we want the liners halfway up the side, he said, why? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he did the same thing with the tail lights, And yeah. then he didn't like the way he did them in the gate. And yet he got better at it yeah, because it made sense yeah. to him. You know, it's funny because he said, oh, we'll never keep that wire loom where it comes out of the frame. I call it the frame, but it's the tub into the gate because there's a, there's a loop where the tailgate pivots, right? Mm -hmm. And it works back and forth. 
we'll never keep the wire. Those will always be broken. And I, you know, knock on wood, I don't, don't want to jinx ourselves. No. I don't think we've broken one wire loom. No, it's been between in there. there. I mean, the shop. Yeah. I'm sure Mikey can correct me. You know, we may have had problems there, but it's it's sure not common. I know the very first ones we did, we had problems with the <coughs> the lights pushing in, and then when the tailgate slams, the plugs were coming off the back of the lights. But you know, we've cured that problem. We've you know, we've just I don't know, man. We I look at what we run and. It looks like everyone else's stuff, but it's sure not. No, I mean, you know? for example, you you think about because we had we had spreader lips, we had small spreader lips, we had little shields over the lights, we had shields over the three marker lights, we had you know the how you mounted the mud flaps. Everything carried material, you know. And Super Dave, we all know how much we had to brush that off. And mm-hmm. and literally, I know we still ask you to brush the stuff off. But we have no place for material to catch. Yeah, yeah there's you know, and a half inch rock isn't going to sit anywhere yeah. on our equipment. Like the indentation yeah. of the lettering on the mud flap, and that's it. Yeah, right. Yeah, because you know? right. yesterday we were up at uh, uh, Arcosa, and there was a, another competitor dumping and having to trim, and and we we had to wait a little bit. So he finished trimming, and just as he leaved to go not, down ninety three, he pulled out right in front of us, and he had the little lep. That so many of the end dumps, which none of ours do, above the marker lights. The three marker lights in the center, you know, the one inch lip or inch and a half lip that sticks yeah. out. He had material. It was it was a foot high, stacked on top of that all lip, all the way up to the bottom of all, his. All the way, bed, all the way up on Dave, that lip, yeah. Yeah. and he left to go down ninety three, just throwing material all over the place. Because one, he didn't get out and brush his t- tailgate yeah. off, and if he didn't do that, he didn't check whether his dogs were locked. Right, mm-hmm. you know, after he trimmed, but there's there's the difference between our stuff and other people's stuff because we've tried to eliminate that human error, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But he had to plaster cars. Luckily, probably it was lightweight, you know, and it broke up or it was small. But just the look of all the shit stacked on top of that guy's. Yeah, I mean that's what we light. talk about all the time. When you see that competitor's truck or any others of his, you think of that guy, you know, yeah. and that 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 works for us as well. When we have somebody that's done something wrong, they see a red truck, they think of that guy. You know, so I mean, it's imperative. We do it right. Mm-hmm. We have to do it right. There's too many of those red guys out there driving down the road. We have to do it the right way, not the wrong way. So, again, you know, this goes back to the tools we've provided. Here's that trailer. We've eliminated that lip. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's no lip over those lights on our trailers because guess what? lights are on the gate and right back to the sports analogy i just love using that because it's illustrates things so well but if you have your team that keeps doing things the wrong way like your offensive line doesn't block or your your running backs don't hit the hole or the receivers don't catch the ball or the quarterback throws the ball to a different spot uh, because they always spot where they throw right yeah are you going to win the super bowl no, you're not. Probably not. I won't make the playoffs, yeah. period. Your you know? team's so, probably going to so be like to be 500, right? has to keep cleaning our tailgates off, yes. has to keep tarping our loads correctly, has to, has to keep um, following distances and not crossing solid white lines and doing all those things. Yep. Yeah. I have to bring it back to what we started on, the liners. And the reason I had Jam put the liners in there is I know we got off kind of joking about it, and I said I didn't want to talk about it. But you need to get in that trailer and clean that liner. You need to inspect it. If you have a tiny little hole, man, it's so much easier to fix when there's a tiny little hole because that little hole will turn into a gaping gash, and then we have to replace half the liner. Yeah, yeah, and then it's a wash and the thin spot in the liner, Dave. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's so much easier for us to repair that. And man, we're trying to make the point of: Do you realize how nice it is to have a 
a liner that is complete, mm-hmm. that is in perfect condition. You know, I was watching one of the trucks dump over at Yard 23, unload some salt, and it was so funny because I thought, wow, that salt's kind of sticking. I thought that in my mind. It really wasn't. But anyway, he dumped the load. It was two liners put together, plus there were patches in the liner where mm-hmm. we'd repatched, repaired some holes. And it was perfect, though. It was a, it, it was like a multi-piece quilt, right? Mm-hmm. Put somebody had sewn together, but it was perfect. There was no holes in it, but, man, we've done a lot of work to that liner. Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier to, for us just to repair a little hole. If yep. it's the size of your pinky, write it up, please. Mm-hmm. Please, we beg of you. But, you know, that, again, goes back to doing your job. And they got to be in the trailer. Yeah, they have to be in there sweeping out looking for it. To find it, right? you (laughs) got to get in that trailer. Think of the time and progress it took for us to to get to this point of being able to repair the liners. Right. Do you remember when we would use that belting repair thing and we would try nuts and bolts and overlapping sections yeah. and and I, we've just come so yeah far. i mean look we've we bought a ten thousand dollar welder we've learned techniques we've we've got that plastic welding rod mm-hmm. we've had to train our people you know and now it still boils down to the driver doing his job or her job mm-hmm. still got to get in there and take a look at that liner and just you just have no idea how nice that liner allows you to do your job when there's no holes in it. And it just makes your job so much easier. So why not do something to help you help your job? And, and please, please, if you're filling in in that truck and you jump up in there and you see it, don't just assume it's been written up. Don't just assume the other driver's written it up. And it's still your truck for that day. If you see a hole in a liner, write it up. And the biggest thing, that, and we talk about it all the time, is don't look at it and because you drove the truck for the day and go, oh, it's always been that way. <laughs> I was just, I was waiting for you to stop talking so I could say that. It's always been like that. Don't take, don't take my words. It's always been like that. <laughs> always been like that. It's always been like that. <laughs> you guys. It's like that when I got it. I'll be thinking about something, you know, whether, I don't know, it's like my lawnmower and the handle's broken or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, oh been, my it's always God, been like always that. Always been that way. <laughs> <laughs> Every since it broke on you two seasons ago, yep. right, Dave? Oh, I, I got it. Yeah, well, it absolutely. hasn't always been like that, but two years ago it's been like that. <laughs> I knew I'll get to it to fix it. You know, yeah. It just yeah. sticks That's in my funny. head now. Yeah. Well, moving from liners to mud flaps. Hmm. Let's talk about the mud flap dilemma. Who wants to speak on that? Dun dun dun. The one where we're going to start taking everybody's safety bonus. Whoa! Did I did I jump off? Sorry, but that's not what we're doing. Oh yes, it is. Oh no, we're not. <laughs> we needed to vote on it. Why is it a dilemma? <clears throat> well, it's a dilemma because <clears throat> we are running through about five hundred dollars in mud flaps per week, which we figured out to be twenty four, twenty six thousand dollars a year, right? Wow. So there's a dilemma. There's no reason that we should be mo- losing so many mud flaps. Are, I, I got. I just. I'm J- sorry. I got to jump in, Jim. I, are we losing them because they just tear in two, or there's a mechanical failure? They're just off leash, and we lose them. <laughs> <laughs> They're off the leash. I called them, but they wouldn't come why back. Why don't yeah. when when the mud flap gets torn off? Why don't we just leave it off? <laughs> Some guys would. That hey, Lisi you know that we fired yesterday <laughs> tried that. Hey, you know that's that's funny because I, uh, the questions farther down here on Jesse's, okay, about the air horns, train Be- horns. Huh? Tra- yeah, tra- yeah, he doesn't want air horns. He wants train. <laughs> well, train horns. 
but it locks into our mud flap discussion. <laughs> oh. And it's exactly what you just asked. Dave was, was part of the reason why we'll explain it to Jesse. But you just asked, why can't we leave them off? Because it's illegal. Because uh, you can't, right? You're missing a mud flap. Well, it's always <laughs> it's always it's, been like it's that. It's always been like hey, that. Hey, you're missing a brake can. <laughs> Never had one to begin with. It's yep. always been like that since yesterday when I uh, lost it. Yep. Right. So it came up. We're, we're just kind of a little frustrated about the mud flap. So we started bouncing some ideas back and forth. And we talked about, well, maybe the driver should pay for the mud flaps if you rip them off more than one time. Right. Well, that's not legal as far as I know, so we can't do that. Talking to Super Dave. But we could take the money off of your safety bonus. Right. So let's say you're supposed to get $500, but you've went through $100 in mud flaps this quarter. That would leave you with $400. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? But we don't want to decide up here in this room, and we don't want to decide in the steering committee. We want the drivers to decide. So. You guys vote. If you listen, you could shoot me an email, Super Dave, Brother Dave, Jim. Just let us know what you think about it, that, that idea. Who should be paying for these mud flaps if they're continuously being ripped off? We had a guy rip off both mud flaps on a rock tub the other day, right? If, if you don't know about the rock tubs, the tailgate lifts in the air and the mud flaps are attached to the tailgate. Those suckers are about 10 feet in the air when you're dumping. There's no reason to ever lose yeah. one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- absolutely. And the, like you said, Jan, the, the thing we kicked around is, should it be a percentage of the safety bonus? You know, and there'll have to be some criteria, like, like me and Dave talked, or we all talked. You can go into a bad job site in the mud, you know, and pull one off. Right. But we majorly run plants. Right. And there is just absolutely no excuse for ripping one off in the plant. It's, it's just carelessness. It's just yeah, not two, knowing your and, job. And it's two costing things. the house $25,000 a year. Yep. Two things you do, it's ridiculous. In, my, in something that is not a failure, right? It's a human error. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so you guys know, excuse me, James, yeah, that go ahead. You, you could be backing up too close to a stockpile and wedging the mud flap against your tire in the pile. And continue backing in there while the rotation of the tire is going to pull that mud flap off. Yeah. The second thing is not having your Johnny bar set when when you begin to bring your trailer down. So your trailer's all the way up in the air. And again, that rotation of the tire with the mud flap folded underneath it is going to just pull that mud flap right off again. So those two things are something you need to be really careful and and aware of uh in in your dumping process but see we we've went over that hopefully they were trained that way i know i think i i don't know i would hate to say that but you know i think maybe that's the reason some people aren't raising their trailer all the way to the top because they're afraid of ripping off a mud flap because they don't know how to release it like you're saying Mm -hmm. but we've went over it we've talked about it the cost is is ridiculous so now since nobody shares in that cost it's no big deal to rip a mud flap off now we're, we want we want all the drivers to chime in. What should it cost you guys? Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you have some skin in the game now? How do you want to go about yeah, preventing I, it? I um, was just go ahead, Super Dave. Uh, I, this is something else that this and Jim, you you can, feeling froggy. You yeah, can, can I love it. You can <laughs> agree with this because we have we have more supply. Mikey is very good with ordering our mud flaps. Oh, he's amazing. Back in the day. 
you'd have to repair your mud flap, which means you'd have to get a razor knife, get a straight edge, and cut off a couple inches. So your mud flap can be as high as 10 inches off of the ground. That's the legal limit. Well, when you put a brand new mud flap on, it's probably maybe five, six inches off the ground. So you could repair that mud flap, I'd say at least two times, maybe three times before it becomes too short. So let's, you could get with me, Scooby, JR, Jam, we've all repaired it, and I can fix that mud flap in literally 10 minutes. It drills some new holes. We have a drill press in the red shop. Um, I have a radio knife in my pocket. Many of them come with another, they're multi-link. the two-bar mud flaps, Dave. So you can just cut it at that next length. Here's my hiccup with that, right? right? Because I'm... Now we're we're working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you do one side, you have to do the other. If you come come to me, you come to Super Dave, you cut... Now now we're spending time fixing your mud flap. Oh, right, right. That wasn't where I was going, Jam. I'm going with the visual aspect of it, right? Oh, yeah. Now you're driving down the road, and the left side's got a 10-inch mud flap from the ground, and the right side's got a 6-inch mud flap from the ground. No, if you do one, you got to do the other. You got to do both, right? I mean, we don't want to look like that. We don't do the marker lights. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Am I not supposed to say that either? Not yet. (laughs) Okay. Not yet. We We can go down the road going, oh, there's one. This one's orange. This one's white. This one's pink. This one's bright. What, why the hell would the mud flaps matter? Oh, <laughs> let's not put up the shopping cart. Well, because no, I got a right? new, I got a story about that from those, from, from those, those Walmart in Nebraska. Oh man, <laughs> I found a new game. Uh oh, <laughs> let's finish some mud flaps. Okay. Yeah, I this hear is going to be that. good. Okay, I, I'm. I would think that would be wrapped up in closing arguments. So here, here, here's an idea for the mud flaps, and this is I don't know, it might be a little silly, right? Everybody has a mud flap account. I like it. Perfect. <laughs> Five dollars in the jar? No, everyone has a mud flap account, and you have one mud flap in that account for the year. If you go through that mud flap, you gotta go get your own mud flap and put it on your truck. And I bet when you spend money on mud flaps, you're gonna be real careful not to rip those mud flaps off. <laughs> I'm afraid we'd end up with some uh, uh, funny mud flaps. Y- y- yeah, like, like not yeah, quality. Like, <laughs> well, not quality, but they may have some sayings on them that uh, may yeah. not be. Right? But yeah, no, it's a good idea, Jim. No, I like the one. I like the one mud flap in your bank. <laughs> yep, you got one. You got one. <laughs> yep. Start. Start ah, with since one. Since we're talking mud flaps, when you do replace your mud flap, the anti-spray texture side <laughs> goes on the inside. Not how do you, the how could how could you tell? <laughs> Come on, Dave. <laughs> how could you tell that goes on the inside? Hey, I just caught a driver like last Wednesday putting it on backwards. I yeah. put one on backwards, but. And so I'm making fun of myself too. But how can you tell that that's supposed to go on the inside? Because I think I think it says this side faces in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where the spray comes from. Right. But it is also. I mean, you know, you wouldn't have to do that. But a lot of the sand does get stuck in the anti-spray stuff after oh, you dump. Oh, the outside. Yeah, yeah right. it does. It doesn't work that Every way. Every time you yeah. dump. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we want to hear from everyone. Yep. Yes. Actually, what is what is your opinion? How should how should this work? Because because we're going to do something. Yeah, we're going to yeah. do something, and we would rather do what you want than what we want to do. Right. So let's be proactive. Make it your decision. Everybody get together and let's come up with a resolution on this because we're here's, here's we're how. spending way too much money on it, and we're just talking about the cost of the mud flap. We're not talking about the, the time, you know, because sometimes if it's 
8 a.m. in the morning and you've lost that flap, we have you come to the yard or, you know, right. someone else is so, giving you a mud flap that they had spare on the truck. And the time equals loads. Yeah. And, and it's miserable with two wrenches trying to take those mud flaps apart versus the impact that's here oh, and yeah. stuff like that. So now oh, you've buddy. lost a load and you drove from plant 14 into here mm. to get a mud flap and it's mm. just convoluted and it's, and it's all preventable. Here's how I see this going down. We're going to have 10 to 15 people answer us about the mud flaps, and they're the guys that don't rip them off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And how about if you give a new guy like a period of time? Like no. it's going to be okay if you rip a mud flap off in your first 30 days. Yeah, but after got, that, you don't have a get out of jail. Well, you free got, card you got your mud flap account. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's the reason because you, because your trainer. So the first couple of weeks, you should never rip off flap because you're with your trainer. Okay, should just shouldn't happen, right? Then you got a couple of weeks of learning by yourself, and you got one mud flap in the bank, and then the rest is on you. Because mm-hmm. so. that's what I usually tell people is you, you you'll rip, rip a mud flap off once. Yeah, yeah. I then after that. You, then after you I change it, you probably won't. Yeah. You probably won't do it again, but that's not true anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so see what's some, the see some repeat customers over there, right? And and why and you know why are we asking everybody to be involved? And I'll I'll, I'll put this on you, Dave. I'm, since you're feeling froggy today, what's <laughs> what's the first line of our creed? Ribbit together. Ribbit. <laughs> <laughs> together we will face and overcome all that stands before us. So instead of the ten guys that put their opinion in. Mm-hmm. We want everybody to chime in because together we do that. Cool. Next on the list. I hope everybody understands. With the warmer <laughs> weather, we are getting busier. If we're busier, dispatch is busier. If they're busy, it's very hard for them to have to answer the phone when they can simply talk on our company radio that everybody has in their trucks. If you are calling in for a new assignment or you have a question, please just use a company radio. It's the easiest, fastest way to communicate with dispatch. I remember when I was driving, I would get a text message from Jennifer, call dispatch, please. <laughs> so I call her on the phone, like, hey, what's up? She's like, oh, no, I meant calling the radio. <laughs> 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 so, but yeah, they're just busy in there, and if you could use the radio, it helps. Because <clears throat> also, we want to hear, other people want to hear what's going on on the radio. It's Absolutely. Huge. If it's a private conversation, nobody hears what's going on. You know, your conversation could help other people. So, yep. And then uh, next, this is also dispatch related. Uh, hardwires, they may need to move around. So, if you are hardwired, which I know last year was a big thing, guys were hardwired and it was a big stink if they got off the hardwires. I don't feel like we're doing that as much this year, uh, but maybe we are. If you are hardwired and you get pulled off your hardwire, it's because we need you to go do something else. It's not because we don't <laughs> that, like you. It's, it's not punishment. Yeah, it's that's not. not we're yeah, pun- I was just gonna say that's not true, Jan. Yeah. So <clears throat> the point is, is don't throw a fit. I guess. Yeah. You know, we understand you like your hard wire, but the customer is gonna come first. We got to go serve the customer. Really, your hard wire is just convenient for us to not have to dispatch. I think it's like 40 trucks a week yeah. that are hardwired. Yeah. We just leave you alone. But that doesn't mean you're not going to do anything else. Yeah, it's not your plant. It's not your hall. It's not your location. It's not any of that. It's just part of how you're helping the team. Right, yep. which brings me to my next point. Yesterday, I'm sitting in dispatch. Randy takes a phone call. <clears throat> the driver is complaining that he was pulled off of 
I don't know what he was on. He might have been on Fair Play. But he did asked, he complain on the radio? No, he called. Ah, yeah, he called on the phone. Right, that's the other reason people call. They don't want to complain on the radio, right? But anyway, he called on the phone. Randy's having a conversation, and the the driver tells him, "I can't make money at Arcosa." <laughs> right? Why are you pulling me off of Arcosa? I can't go make money at Arcosa. Well, people make money at Arcosa. I mean, we don't do it for free, right? But let's say that was true. Let's say you can't make money at Arcosa. We still have to make take care of the customer. So you're telling us to put somebody else on it, that you're better than them? I, I don't understand that. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you could go to Arcosa and make money, right? Plus, you have to help out. It's it's in the creed. Together we face and overcome all that stands before us, right? We got we to gotta take care of the customer. We got to be good teammates. You got to work well with dispatch. But what I'm noticing, and I had a conversation with the driver at the end of the day, and you know, I'm not. I'm not mad at him. You know, he he's he's a little bit new and he doesn't understand how it all works yet. But when you go to dispatch and you tell them I want to do this, and then they put you on that, then you do that, and that's not good. Now you want to go do this, and they do that. You're limiting yourself to what you want to do. What I told this driver is he should call Randy today and be like, Hey, forget everything I've said about what I want to do. Just put me wherever you need me to go and let me help the house. And I told him, I guarantee you're going to make money. you know. But when you're saying, I only want to do this or I only want to do that, you're limited to what they're going to totally. send you on. You know, dispatch will please you if you can. But then when you can't make money there and you can't make money here and you can't make money there, to me it sounds like you may not just be able to make money. you know. And that's not directed at this driver because I believe he will make money. I looked at his payroll with him on his phone. I wasn't sneaking he had some good checks in there, but as soon as you get one that's a little lower, it's like, oh, I'm not making any money. I mean, we are coming off the longest winter that I remember here at JFW, and we've had the wettest spring in the history of Colorado. History. Yeah, <laughs> we've had the, yeah. yeah, we've had the yeah. wettest spring ever. Like, you got to understand, if you guys aren't making money, we're not making money, yeah. right? And guess what? The truck payments don't stop. We still got to pay for mud flaps. We got to do all those things still. So the weather's warm. We're getting busy. Let's just cooperate with each other. Right. If you got to go on something you don't like. And I know I know, this was a complaint in the survey of saying when I was a driver, I did it like this. They said it sounded condescending. But I'm going to sound condescending, I guess. When I was a driver, I never, I've never told dispatch what I want to do unless they asked. Not one time have I been in that office saying, hey, can you send me here? Yeah, the most successful drivers here are the Don't. ones that just go. Yeah, just right? and the number one guy right now goes everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and let me clarify something about dispatch, you guys. When we have something come up during the day or when they're creating dispatch at night, and I'm just going to pose this question, do you think we tra- take a truck that's dumped here, find the furthest point to go to get another load? Or do we find the closest point to go to get another load? Ooh, <laughs> right? <laughs> so ding, ding, we're ding, setting ding. up your dispatch to do that. There should be a name for that program. It's the Stay Loaded program. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We don't have a look for a pit program. Yeah. Right. You know? No, but have we had those ca- days, Jim? It is, too. It's look for your yeah, favorite some pit. Some days yeah, look just for your don't favorite work pit. out textbook. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll make it up like on a Saturday if we're hauling Coors on a Saturday and... There's only one plant open, and it's only taking fry rock. 
well, we can't move sand, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's, that, there's no sand to move. But that's, so we have to straight haul coors, or you know, I'm just using that as yeah. an example, right? But I don't think that's where the guys get the history of us growing and taking care of our customers. Is they have created that along with us, you know, as a team. All the different locations we haul, all the different customers, all the different things, so we can stay loaded. You look at all these other guys that, you know, a lot of them that are just a single truck company, they have to deadhead a long ways. Yeah. They're yeah. not making what we're making, the driver's making, and, yeah. and everything. Yeah. It's a. Just doing what we're talking about emphasizes to me why you need a good liner. Yeah. Because you're switching materials, you're yeah. switching products, mm-hmm. you're going to a different place. Got to jump in there, got to be sure it's clean, got to do your job so you're more successful. I want to I want to roll it back too to what you're going to do and what you're not going to do and who makes money and who doesn't. Here's just a little story from back when I was driving, right? I just kept my nose down and I did my job and I went where I was told. Well, one day and I've told this story before, Dave White comes up to me and says, "Hey, you've been doing a pretty good job around here. We got this new run coming up to go to Craig. It comes with a brand new truck. Are you interested?" And I was just like, "Number one, oh wow, he actually Knows my name. <laughs> Number two, he knows what kind of job I've been doing. How could he possibly know what kind of job I'm doing? Super Dave takes the credit. He's like, oh, well, I told him, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my point is I never asked to do anything, and I got to do something that only two other people were able to do back at that time, mm-hmm. right? And it's not to say that you're going to get picked, but we do talk. When, when something comes up and we got to find drivers, Dispatch will come to me. Hey, Jam, who do you think could do this job? Or they may talk to each other. Hey, who should we send on this? Let's send this guy. Oh, no, he won't like that. Well, how do you know? Well, he doesn't like anything. Every time we send him somewhere, there's a complaint. Right. You're not getting picked, buddy. You yeah. know, the guy that just goes and does, he's getting picked. Yeah. And then there's the list almost that comes out, right, Jim? Oh, we can't use this guy because he just contaminated the load last week. Oh, right. we can't use this guy because, you know, he complained about this. And right. Oh, this person shows up late. Oh, this person, you right. know what I mean? There's there's kind of your little... Eliminating factors. Yeah, exactly, right. you know? Yep. Cool. So you sound condescending. I know. Sometimes I when am. you talk about when I was a driver, and I was thinking this earlier, <laughs> I got six years out of a liner one time. Six years. Um, that I, isn't condescending, Dave. Right? Well, when I was a driver, right? But think about it. And this is just, it just dawned on me, Jam, when you were saying this. Okay, what does experience do for you? Everything, basically. I mean, makes the job easier. Yeah. Right? All of the above. It uh, teaches you, you, you know, you become better at it, right? Yeah. Your so tricks why and wouldn't tips? you listen to the voice of experience? Right. That's what I because we're the man. Because I kind of have an answer for you guys for that in my in my closing arguments. Ooh, with I can't wait for the basket talk and the, <laughs> the closing arguments and basket the story talk. and man, shopping. It's going to be great. I'm going to start calling. Them it's baskets. a good. It's a good shopping cart. Well, you guys are going to laugh. It's, huh. a good, it's a good one. Well, we better move along then because I well, want to get to that. We stuff. we have one. I didn't talk to you guys about discussion, but we need to talk about the Fourth of July. Oh, cool. And I got one more thing in the discussion, too. Because so. you know we're going to roll right into the podcast Wednesday. So we have to set mm. up Monday, podcast Tuesday. Monday. Oh, wow. We're off Tuesday, Tuesday for the 4th yeah. of July. So, bam, we're going to hit Wednesday morning with the With, the with fireworks, leftover fireworks. Right. Have right. all our fingers. Yes. Yeah. So I just want to, like, really hope and, and announce that I hope everybody gets to enjoy the 4th of July. Mm. We'll see everybody on Monday, but not necessarily be able to put out a podcast for it. But also, the 
fourth being on a Tuesday has created havoc on our schedule, right? right. Brandon and all of their customers are so far behind. We're going to be open Monday because Brandon is open. Uh, and this is where it gets convoluted. Fry's is not open on Monday. So oh, just in an FYI, man. I'm trying to make an announcement right now. We are no one to. can go get early loads out of Fry's on Monday. No fry loads. Fry's is closed on Monday. So we're going to try and you know pull extra material Saturday to plant 2 and plant 12 for the fry rock. And then basically everyone else is open for business as normal. Mm. So fry's is taking a three-day, meaning Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So again, I have to emphasize, fry is not open on Monday the 3rd. And clearly, we're closed on the 4th. We are going to send some trucks to fry on Saturday. <laughs> right. <laughs> like and, 100 of them. <laughs> yeah, and we are closed the 4th, but Coors is <clears throat> is so far behind in production, thank you, Bud Light, uh, to uh, brew beer that they're going to be open the 4th. You know, there's been years in the past where they've closed or they've been open. I mean, it's it's kind of traditionally gone both ways. So, yeah, with the... With the advent of the loss of Bud Light, mm-hmm. Coors sales are up 20%, and they're brewing some brew up there. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you, former Bud Light drinkers, <laughs> a.k.a. Super Dave. Huh. How did that CL taste the other night? Did you have some? I had some on my camping trip, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Were the mountains blue? <laughs> no, I bought bottles. Oh, <laughs> son of a... You know, the, and I bought banquet beer, and the banquet bottles i don't know the ones that were on the shelf were the little stubby ones oh yeah it screwed me up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i always think of grenades with those little banquet beer bottles yeah i yeah. just, I'm just like, i had oh, to make like a- sure i wasn't like pouring <laughs> out my chest <laughs> that's how you know when you've had too many dave when you start <laughs> yeah. missing your mouth because it's the bottle's too short yeah <laughs> yep. that's when you have a drinking problem right <laughs> one of the i don't other. have a drinking problem i have a spilling problem oh, <laughs> funny so anyway, convoluted schedule on the 4th. No early fry loads on Monday. No fry loads whatsoever. So don't get up there at, you know, 4.55 in the morning and call dispatch and go, fries isn't open. Well, yep. no kidding. guess what? They're not going to be and all be- day. And then you'll really be back because you're going to be the person that didn't read their dispatch too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Or listen to the podcast. Yep. Uh, I want to hit uh, trades from my community real quick just as a reminder that uh, – is coming up August 20th at Cuatro Vientos Park at 1 p.m. Uh, this is something put on by Hope for My City. Paco Nahara uh, is is kind of leading up trades for my community. If you want to donate to that cause, and what that cause is, is they are trying to raise money to pay for somebody's CDL school. So if you want to help somebody get a CDL license to be able Dave, you weren't here. Did you hear Paco's answer to... Uh, Remember, you're like, well, why don't you just go to Swift? You won't have to pay. Because he wants families to stay here in town and or yes. drivers to be able to stay here with their family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he didn't want to encourage somebody to leave their family to go get a job, right? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's not for I, everybody. Yeah, I don't want to encourage that either. You know what I mean, Jam? But there's right. there's sometimes the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And you Understood. you may have to do some time away from home to create that home time, right? I agree with that, but... If you are the winner of the raffle for the trades for my community, you may not have to do that. Right. You know, Absolutely. so that's what he's yeah. trying to get. So if you want to donate to that cause, text NHMCD, that's NHMCD to 77977. 
NHMCD to 77977. And Brother Dave, you wanted me to remind you, you made it a point. Make sure you remind me, me and Jim need to donate. Yep. So I know the last time Paco told me they raised about 800 bucks so far. They're trying to raise 4000 Not that you guys need to come up with the rest of the money. <laughs> <laughs> but if everybody could chip in and, and donate, because I know Paco said a lot of people said they were going to help. I don't think a lot of people have helped so far. Yeah, so. well, maybe if we could save some money on mud flaps, ah, we could donate to that yeah. cause. <laughs> huh. Man, imagine if we didn't have to buy any mud flaps. We could put five people through truck driving school. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Isn't that crazy, Jim? That's Jan? crazy. Look at those numbers in one Ooh, year. We. Yeah. Huh. I think I'm going to invent a new mud flap dispenser. Kind of like paper towel roll if you rip one. <laughs> <laughs> you you get another one right there. Yeah. And then you're going to have to make it automatic. You just back up to the trailer. It clicks a light. The mud flap shoots out. And it's all ready for you, Dave. Right like that. You know, <laughs> boom. I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> Don't forget oh, about the little guys. Is there something in his coffee? <laughs> yeah, I spiked it. Uh, moving on to procedure of the week. Dumping and airbags. I'll let you guys take this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure who brought that up, so I, uh, it, it, it brother was, Jim, it, it was me. oh gotcha, it was me. After your story about the oh gotcha the guy jumping the salt, yeah, you know we're in the in the same spot. So I, I guess you know I just wanted to go over that. There's a couple of things actually. There's three or four things, but there's a lot of things you go over dumping, but. You know, the, the basic things is you have to, to me, there's like three things, I guess, if I wanted to shorten it up and Super Dave absolutely jump in here, but you got to be level, right? You know, that's mm -hmm. that's the number one, no, number one, right? You got to be level. Okay. As you're going to dump, you can't have any air in any of the airbags on the truck or trailer, not, not the cab airbags. Right. I'm talking tractor and trailer airbags, your two, suspension airbags. Two main reasons for that. Why, why would that be, Jim? <clears throat> well, one, when you're, when you're dumping, okay, you're on a pillow of air up in the air, that's right? That's number one, yep. You could blow an airbag just to, and that, that's, you know, still it probably won't tip over even if you blew an airbag, okay? I'm just saying that, all right? And the other thing is if you deflate them, you're sitting down on blocks that are made inside the airbag to give you this ability of being totally flat. On a solid surface. On a right solid there. surface. Yep. On a solid surface. So level, airbags out. And to me, the third thing as you're dumping, you know, that's just important of the procedure because we're still getting that of hearing people pulling forward without the trailer all the way in the air or totally dumped out. And I would say it would be level, airbags dropped, and the finish movement is a trailer all the way up in the air. Mm -hmm. You know, not banging the top of the cylinder, but all the way up to the top before you move. So the whole load comes out. And I know there's some techniques of dragging the trailer to you, pulling the tractor to you. Those are all finesse. But what we're running into, even after being with a trainers for two weeks, we have different trucks out there that require, they work a little bit different ways but we, we caught a truck the other day that the driver wasn't dumping the airbags, had never dumped the airbags, thought they were automatic in the tractor. So he's dumping the, tr the truck every day without letting the air out of the tractor. And I guess my, my thing for bringing this procedures up is, one, how does that happen? Because somebody should have asked, or if I was driving that truck, I guess I would have asked, how do you let the air out of the airbags? 
because that's just mm-hmm. that should have been taught by the trainer you know and if it wasn't the driver should know i'm saying telling everybody right now no matter what in dump company you work for you should drop the bags right on, on both the tractor and the trailer and the other thing we hear all the time is about people moving forward without the trailer all the way in the air that's not releasing the stuff out of the top of the trailer we we just can't do that yeah, that's flat out dangerous yeah dangerous you know so uh, i'm just uh, i'm frustrated with why we're why we're having these issues after the training i know we've went back and we're we're re-going over some some training with casey and kendrick and jr and scooby they've all been part of the classes catching the guys that have been doing it for a little bit here even even if you've been here a year we went back over that stuff like chaining you know backing into the bend blindsiding you know one of the guys that we got a really nice report from kendrick on on the class that was around the other day and one of the guys had no idea how to back straight he started straight and couldn't back up straight but the first thing most people do is they turn the steering wheel but had no idea to line the tractor trailer tires up with the the trailer tires and was just looking at the tailgate so there's no point of being straight and and there was a mirror adjustment and it was like night and day you yeah, know he what, probably had to put the mirrors down yeah yeah just a little <clears throat> bit to see so i guess i i wanted to bring up that the dumping procedures that you know again hope everybody's listening to the podcast and any any in dump guy that's listening to it it's like the guy you brought up that applied for the job he likes the way his pile looks he knows not to leave the mud flap trail you know and not you know not banging the tailgate off the piles going all the way to the top and making sure the bed's empty there's there's so many things but those three things will make you successful to start with, I guess, is, mm-hmm. is kind of how I feel about it. I don't know if you guys... So, yeah, so much of that, Jim, is situational awareness, though. And I guess what I'm leading up to is this particular driver said, oh, I thought the airbags dumped when I engaged the PTO. Do we have that on a lot of trucks? Absolutely. We have it on a ton of trucks. Yeah, probably like but, 30 or 40, right? Right. When you back up to dump, hopefully your window is down like we talk about. Hopefully the trainers are teaching you to have your window down. When you engage the PTO, what do you hear? Your airbags drop, Dave. I mean, right. If they're not dropped, and I've engaged the PTO and I don't hear them drop, I'm like, well, how do I drop the airbags? Clearly yeah, and they're even, not dropping. Good point. Because even if it's automatic and you didn't hear that, then it's not working. Right. Exactly. So I, there's that awareness of how things operate and our explanation of how things operate and how they should be in the reason why. You know, when you, I hope when you're walking back to the back of the trailer to open the tailgate. And you pull that valve, you not only hear both, we call them dogs, hear the latches release from the tailgate, but you also hear and see the suspension drop. I always got a kick out of it. You know, you engage the PTO, you know, I'm going to be like Jam back when I drove, we didn't have that, right? You had to dump the bags manually. And I always laughed because as you were looking in the mirror and the bags were coming down on the truck, your, your angle of the mirrors always slope down a little bit you knew the rear end of the truck was deflating and would lower you know four inches down to the ground and i just always thought that was cool so anyway yeah i'm I'm, you just can't not jump on the situational awareness program right yeah no it's you have to understand what that truck needs and how you need to do your job safely and accordingly i mean it just it all functions it's it's kind of like turning on your turn signal and you're just assuming the front and rear blinker are blinking. But unless you get out and look, you don't know that the front one's blinking, right? Not on a big truck. Mm-hmm. In your car, they've designed cars so they blink faster. 
You know, I bet a lot of people don't even know that. They just think their blinker blinks faster. Yeah, it's funny right? how many people you see doing that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you got a turn signal out. Yeah, right. You follow somebody and the rear blinker on one side is blinking way faster. And sure enough, you see on the front, oh, their blinker's not working up front. Mm-hmm. So, That's something I want to mention about the airbags too. So we do lose a lot of airbags, and this is just a small contributing factor, but Let's just say you are legally loaded. You got 80,000 pounds. You got, you know, 35,000 on your tractor and 32,000 on your trailer. And you go and flip your switches and start dumping that load, but you forget to drop the tractor airbags. In less than 30 seconds, you're going to have from, you're going to go from 35,000 pounds on those airbags to zero. And those airbags will all of a sudden get about two feet tall. And they're really overstressed. You will overextend those airbags because you've just taken all that weight off like in just a matter of seconds. So that's another really important reason to make sure that you do drop those airbags. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the the steps going over the stuff not not missing and you know you said it dave situational awareness how how does my vehicle work i mean again this is what that this podcast is for how does my vehicle work that's the reason we're asking everybody to listen to it if you know somebody not listen to it bug them about listening to it dirter you know yeah don't be a dirter you know we gotta we gotta we gotta make ourselves better so oh yeah all right questions from the audience actually i have two Two. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You're not prepared. I only see one. one written here. Yep. That's because I didn't write the other one. <laughs> <laughs> What's your second? Let's start with the surprise one. Start with the second one. Okay. Uh, this is from Kendrick Anthony. It's for the brothers. He says, I want, I'm wondering who the brothers' mentors have been through the years besides their dad. Have those people changed as the business grew? Wow, I can't necessarily say a mentor. I, I mean, I can I can for one, Jim, right? Mm. I mean, he's got five years on me, so he's just watched all my screw ups. <laughs> well, and that's the other mentor, Jim. Right? That's exactly what I was going to say. I feel I'm a very qualified expert to learn from someone else's mistake. Mm. I mean, and it doesn't matter what it is, you guys. I mean, I'll. It doesn't matter. It could be how to cook a burger. And if I'm doing it wrong and I see someone else cook it and I'm like, yep. wow, did not know that. I'll try that next time. Or, I mean, and that's, just, that's probably the dumbest analogy I could give, but you understand my point. It may not be in my field, in my trade, in my, in my realm of things that I do, but I'm always looking and educating myself on whatever practice I'm witnessing going on mm-hmm. to either understand why they're doing it like that or, you know, I mean... It was, it was pretty interesting. I got the honor of going up to Canada last week, uh, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and uh, yeah. ha- went on a guided fishing trip with Packar, right? Mm. And it's funny, all of those, we, we went with, we had four different guides up there, and you only got two people to a boat, and each guide did things just a little bit different. Mm. But they had a little bit different boat, and they had a little bit different outrigger, but they were all doing the same thing. We were mm. all out there to catch salmon. But they were all doing it a little bit different. So I, I immediately picked up on some on why are you using this bait? You know, how come you use this downrigger? What is what is that marker for when the downrigger comes up? You know what I mean? Just things I knew nothing about. I was just I relished asking questions. And then once I learned something from one guy, it was like to the next guy, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. He this guy does this, and this guy does this, and you I don't know, just 
just those things. So yeah, for me, Kendrick, the you know between brother Jim, you know, teaching me at a as as I was very young, you know, coming into the business, you know, because I know everything now. I mean, he doesn't teach me anything now. <laughs> <laughs> Right, boy. Isn't that a incorrect, untrue statement? I will never know everything. I I've, I I know a lot, but boy, I I can sure stand to learn something every day. But uh, yeah, to learn some so, from someone else's mistake—that's that's the biggest thing. Or not even mistake, right? It doesn't have to be a mistake. That's what I love about it. I hope I'm paying enough attention. I learn from from their greatness of what they're doing, right? Of how they're. They've perfected their craft, whatever it may be. So, yeah, that's my take on it, buddy. Yeah. Good. You're up, Jim. Yeah. Good, good, good job, Dave. Um, yeah, that is just a really good question, Kendrick. I, I can't, you know, obviously what, what dad taught us, but, uh, you know, in, in dad's way, not, not everything was taught. It was expected. <laughs> and, and and then there were some pointers along the way, right, yeah. Dave? Yeah. Um, but I think I think one because when I was you know first started driving, um, we had uh, Ron uh, Trimble that worked here. He ended up finishing his career at uh, up the street here at uh, High Plains. But he was an over the road trucker that was tired of over the road and then came into town. Um, and, and worked for us, I think, fifteen years, Dave, something, something like, like that. that yeah. But he was a guy that had. He just always got it done, but he got it done safely and smoothly and slowly. So I learned a lot from Ron. So that was that would guy I'd give a, a shout out to. And then I think, just like Dave said, your mentor is watching, not only mistakes that are made, but my mentor was, oh wow, look at how good that pile looks. And I want to do better. I think I, I'm think I'm driven by leaving stuff. If if I'm going to touch it, I'm going to leave it better than what I found it if I can, and or 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 make it look better than what the other person did. And some of the guys we we when I first started driving, the group of guys we had here because we were so small, you know, it was a competition that you know you didn't get stuck, you didn't <laughs> right, you didn't leave, you know. Uh, mud flap trails your tire your your piles were tight and the culture there and then and you know maybe maybe i would say there was probably some bullying going on but you were ridiculed if you did those things <laughs> i mean you were you were washed out of the yeah. program i'm being polite saying durder you were a dumbass. Yeah, and you <laughs> and you got called out because you were a dumbass. Yeah. And you 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 were called a lot. You know, you just it, it wasn't allowed. You so, uh, man, that's a terrible culture. <laughs> <laughs> you it, sure learn pretty fast. Yeah, the yeah. Str- the strong survive. And I and I, I I have all. I don't want it to be that way. But sometimes we should have just a touch of that. Mm. I'm telling you, you, man. You know what I mean? It we, just you, you you know. And then and then you know maybe that might make the other person tougher but you know that that handout you know there wasn't a lot of hands out to help you up back then and that's the thing i'm glad we really have now if if i was to change something you know it sounds terrible and and this is just a joke amongst my personal household you know because we only i my wife and i only have one son and i pick on him right like i pick on him and that's just how it works and my wife's like you're being a bully and and we were just talking about it the three of us and my son looks at her and he goes, "Mom, everybody should have a bully. That makes you better." 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't see that one coming. And, you know, you can take that a lot of different ways, you know. And uh, it's all in good good spirit when I say I pick on him or whatnot. But there are things there. There's truths that come out in that sometimes. And uh, I, there's a lot of things. You can say bullying in a, in a lot of different ways, right? It's not like he shows up and I give him a beat down by any right, means. Yeah. And he can't He's, defend himself. Yeah. Your bullying is picking, kind of ribbing. Yes. You know, in good fun, but also like, hey. With meaning to it. Yeah. 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 A bully, like actual bullying. Nobody wants a bully where you're scared for your physical safety. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know hey, give I mean? me $5 of your lunch money or I'm going to beat you. Well, right? We, That's we a bully. We're going to fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bullying can be mental too. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Verbal and, Absolutely. and affect you mentally. Yeah. yeah. Quit so picking on Je- So Jesse's question. Oh, huh? uh, yeah. Let me read this one. So this is also for the brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I have a set of train horns for my truck? It only has a city horn. It was very specific. He didn't want air horn. <laughs> he wants train horns. Well, Je- for, I, I'm going to let Dave take this, but I want to spit this out. Lucky you're not in California because they're illegal. Mm. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, Jesse, yeah, they are illegal because they're for trains. You need truck horns for trucks and train horns for trains. But, uh, yeah, in all seriousness, they are illegal. And uh, your truck should have a horn on it. I just learned this morning that none of those five trucks have horns on them. No one's ever said a word Tell your question. We've had those trucks for seven months almost now. Yep. No one one time has said one word that there's no horn on them, just aside to, from the city horn. Yeah, just to be clear, they do have a city horn. Yeah, We're not they made them legal. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's it. They're requ- yeah. Any vehicle is required to have a city horn, right? right? But uh, beep, no, beep. they're supposed to have a horn. Not one person has said one thing, and we have five seasoned veterans in those trucks, and I just learned about it this morning. Did you know they didn't have a horn? No, I was going to ask. I thought, I thought, yeah. I, I mean, it was like that when they got them, though. <laughs> Literally. It's always yeah, been that way. Yeah. It, it has always been that way, <laughs> yes. but, but and, say something. And nowhere in our records does it say delete the horn. Right. Right? It has a, it has a horn pull cord. It has an airline. It has a valve. It's it has everything compressor. there. Yeah, it's got the air. There's just no horn. And the reason I'm assuming, and you know what happens when you assume, so I guess I'll, I, I will guess here. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Kenworth naturally puts a single horn under the cab for us. That's just comes that way. And I'm wondering if it's maybe a cab constraint because our Peterbilts have the same thing. They have a horn under the cab, just like our Kenworth, which. Not many people know this, but that's the same identical cab right. between the Peterbilt and the Kenworth. Newsflash, that's the same cab. And uh, anyway, the those five Peterbilts, you know, we, we ended, we took their sunset model year of their 389 Peterbilt, got five of them, and, uh, you know, so we had them the last year they were in production. And I'm just assuming because of the cab configuration, they don't put out, there's, they think there's not room under the cab for it, so... We'll have to get that fixed. We'll get some horns put under there, but they nice. will not be trained horns because they are illegal. When you go through an inspection, we've been written up for it, and we don't want to go down that road. It's like the white lights. We, why create something that just draws attention to us? You know, we, we fight the tinted windows now as it is, and knock on wood, we haven't had a – I shouldn't even talk uh, about it. I'll just good. knock on wood, yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just some things that it's just not the right thing to do, and – Hey, does it suck? Yeah. Do lots of independent guys have train horns? They sure do. And 
They also have no exhaust mufflers, and they also have no brake jakes cans. that they can't run, and no brake, brake cans. cans hanging off, and fuel tanks chained to the side of the cab, and yep. yeah, all sorts of stuff. That's not who JFW is, so we want to be better. And yeah, my suggestion is you five guys should write up your lack of a horn <laughs> on those trucks. Truck 100 through 104 would be the, the trucks. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see. My guess is 18 and 19 don't have horns. Right. I'd probably bet a cheeseburger on that that they do not have horns. And again, we've had those trucks for a year and a half now. Didn't know that. I'm texting Dustin right now. (laughs) I thought he had a live feed and was listening to us. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it would be cool to somehow pull off a live podcast one day. Don't know how to do that, but we could do it. That would be very interesting. I do know how to do it. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yep. Very interesting. Uh, moving on to tips and tricks from Ray Davis. As soon as I finish this text message, <coughs> communication skills. That's Woo. what I was doing. What are communication skills? Communication skills are what we use to connect with others, whether we're speaking in conversation, in person, or even on the CB radio. It's great that most are fully involved in helping and giving out information, but sometimes a driver forgets to tarp a load is on the wrong CB channel, for example. But keep in mind, we are all human and we're not perfect. How you say things and the tone you use makes a difference of how a conversation goes or turns out. If you yell, belittle, or think you know it all, or say something rude in the wrong tone, it will never work out. And we are we doing it the JFW way? Turn page. That's a song, man. Yeah. We are brothers and sisters, and we should always respect one's opinions. For example, I have new guys that give me information and give me pointers on situations. Just because I'm a trainer, I don't know it all, and I will say a simple thank you. I won't flex and think I know it all. If you see a driver doing something wrong, get out of your truck and talk to that person face-to-face. Let them know that you are there to help and explain the right way to do it. I promise you a person will take the information way better and respect it more than trying to say it over the CB or radio. Be humble and always remember, safety has no blind spots. Lean and look. Be cool on your stool and don't be a fool. Much love and respect always. Ray Ray, 0013. Good job, Ray Ray. Yeah, Yeah, I like that one, Ray. Great, Ray. Thank you. All right. Moving on to the high road hall. And Soup, you got one ready to go? Of course. Is it a good one? It is. It is. Um, I actually thought of this a couple weeks ago uh, when the Nuggets uh, won the championship because I was watching a, a piece with the Coach Malone um, explaining, you know, that he's not a great coach or, you know, I mean, he is a great coach, but he said the hardest part of his job is getting the guys to believe, convincing them to believe in themselves. So I believe. The uh, High Road Holland this week is the power of belief. The power of belief often empowers the highest levels of performance. Performing with belief is a critical factor for achieving success at anything in life. Sports, business, school, family, friends, neighbors, communities are all impacted by your beliefs. What you believe drives, you, drives what you do, and what you do determines what you achieve. Whether your belief is strong, you perform, I'm sorry, when your belief is strong, you perform smarter, better, 
and with greater resilience. This is true everywhere, in business, athletics, education, and personal relationships. What you believe either empowers you or limits you. Empowering beliefs pull your performance up, limiting beliefs pull your performance down. This is especially true under competitive pressure or in response to challenging situations. The good news is what you believe is your choice. Win in your mind first. Under pressure, you don't rise to the occasion. You rise or sink to the level of your training. And, and we've actually talked about that in the past. Challenging situations put pressure on your mental toughness. Talent isn't enough. Physical training isn't enough. You must fully be fully engaged mentally. In other words, you must believe. This is because the body follows the mind. In the highest levels of performance, uh, I'm sorry, the highest levels of performance require the deepest levels of belief. Elite performers win in their mind first. <clears throat> so why, why belief is so powerful? The power of belief resides in its ability to do, to do four things. Belief creates vision. Belief creates strength of will. Belief creates resilience. And belief ignites and, and activates you. So belief creates vision. Uh, it sees the invisible. It sees what has not yet been accomplished. Belief sees the goal. And it sees the path required to achieve the goal. Um, creating strength of will. Strength of will is the powerful alignment of uncommon commitment, relentless perseverance, and consistent discipline. Strength of will is not about the commitment to start. It's about the commitment to continue. It's about the many recommitments that are necessary to sustain the journey when it gets difficult, <laughs> tedious, and painful. And belief creates resilience. Resilience is the ability to respond and bounce back from adversity. It is the capacity to navigate through challenges, difficulties, and setbacks. Belief doesn't just survive adversity. It gets stronger because of it. And because they believe, elite performers maintain an unwavering focus on what needs to be done in response to adversity. They do not waste attention, time, or energy complaining or worrying. They focus all their attention and energy on doing what needs to be done. They have never quit, never give in, never give up mindset, and when it gets harder, they get better. Belief does one more thing that is unique in human performance. Belief unleashes you because it has laser focus and because it burns through doubt and distractions. Belief is the ignition that activates your ability to operate at max capacity. It gives you the full access to your talent and your ability. Belief is the trigger that empowers you to perform at the highest level. Belief, the power of belief is near the core of performance of the belief in yourself, belief in your team, and belief in others. It is purpose and clarity, so follow your beliefs. And the quote this week is by Dennis Waitley, and he is a uh, motivational speaker. Um, if you believe you can, you probably can. If you believe you won't, you most assuredly won't. Belief is the ignition switch that, set, that gets you off the launching pad. So I think those are all powerful ideas that, you know, I think a lot of people that have confidence problems 
have they struggle in almost everything in accomplishing any goals they might set or um, you know improving themselves in school or at work um, before all of that you have to believe in yourself I, <clears throat> that was an awesome one Dave I, I, I picture that as more as a vision it's the same for me as a vision you have to see yourself there you have to see yourself at the finish line you have to see yourself with that trophy mm-hmm. you have to see yourself completed you know what i mean you've you finished you have to believe in yourself the belief so that's mm-hmm. that's the same to me i, I love it man that's that is fantastic yeah mine is uh i just have a quote and, and i laugh at the author when i run across some of these that are the authors because it's jimmy dean you know <laughs> so so the sausage guy so you, yeah. you'd think it would be some food related quote in my eyes or something about breakfast or whatever but and we've used this one several times but i can't change the direction of the wind but I can adjust my sails to always reach my destination. And I guess I relate that to, you know, I'm in a hurry when I park the truck. I've got to get out of here. I've got to get home. Or I just want to get home. You know, I I would tell you the majority of the time it's a, I want to get home. Mm. You know, there are times you have to rush out, but you can adjust your sails and give yourself a minute to do that post trip. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can rearrange what you got going and and complete your job, do your task. You know, you're capable of that. You can always adjust your sails and you know, if you're in a hurry in the middle of the day and traffic's not cooperating, you just have to adjust your sails. You know, you you can't hop in the bonus lane and take it. You mm. you 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 have to adjust your sails every day. You know, I joke when uh we used to have the the truck that spread granular fertilizer at all the golf courses and stuff. The one guy from Simplot would ride with me, and he always called it a field adjustment if we had something. Because you, you start with this plan, but the plan's not working out, so you have to make a field adjustment, you know, and be sure you either stretch the fertilizer or thin the fertilizer or thicken it up or whatever the case may be to use more or use less. But you always have to use exactly what they brought and get it across everything. So anyway, you're, you're always adjusting your sails for whatever wind is blowing your way. You, you can't just go where you're pushed, mm-hmm. right? Very, very true. Yep. Yeah, okay. that's a that's a great one, Dave. The wind's blowing you home, but it's how you sail there. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Easy. easy. Thank you, Jimmy Dean. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah easy now. to. Yeah. You know, when you're sailing, like with the wind, you can just sail in a straight line, but you can turn around and sail against the wind. But you have to tack back and right. forth, yeah. side to side. So you have to make yeah. those adjustments. That and just you always, can get there. It just always blows my mind. You can do that, Dave. It mm-hmm. just absolutely mind-boggling to me that you can go against the wind in a sailboat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got in a lot of trouble when I was a kid <laughs> because of that. So me and my buddy, we we uh, I had a little sailboat. You know, we decided to go out sailing one day, and it was a beautiful summer day. We sailed like five miles down the beach to a place <laughs> called Clinton Harbor. And I grew up in Connecticut, and uh, we did a lot of water stuff in the summertime. Well, anyway, we were stupid kids. Didn't think how hard it was going to be to get back. <laughs> I got back at like 7.30 that night, and my mom was so freaking mad. I mean, nowadays, you'd probably have a, oh, you know, a search oh, yeah, team yeah. Yeah. Oh, you'd be oh, out yeah. for you. you know, yeah. But it yeah. took us forever to get back. Yeah. Yeah, we were out there for like eight hours. <laughs> yeah, I bet your mom was thinking the worst too. Can't pick up a phone and call back then. Yeah, there was you no know, cell phones or anything. Yeah, no, yeah. no tracking, no yeah. nothing. Like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's Jim, funny. that's funny, man. I hope I don't hold up the whole end of the podcast here. So, 
My shopping cart story is everybody, I got to set this up so everybody can kind of picture most grocery stores are this way, but Walmart, you know, they have the door in and out, you know, and you really go in what most Walmarts are set in. You go to me, you go in the wrong door is the end. They swap the doors. And so we're coming out of Walmart in uh, Nebraska and the baskets are off to, to happen to be to the right. But you know how all the baskets, when you come in, they're all stacked there. They've been put up and they're lined up over there. So we're following this lady and her husband out the door and the husband picks the plastic bags because they're legal in Nebraska. The plastic bags are picks plastic bag out of the cart, Republican state. (laughs) And the woman takes her shopping cart (laughs) and pushes it from the door, cross the other door, clear to the baskets. Well, the basket turns and plugs up the entrance. Okay. Mm. And me and Holly are right behind her. And, and, she looks at the basket, looks at me and Holly, and we must have had like the death look on because a Holly already was headed to the basket to get it. Mm. Like you're, you're just dumb. Yeah. And the lady rushes over there and goes, you try it. It's my new game. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh good cover. Yeah. Good. Cause she was going to leave it. You guys, oh, yeah. it was, it was staying there. If you it guys was, weren't there. She would have left. it. She would have left it. You guys. <clears throat> and she was like, oh, you tried. It's a new game. And I'm like, oh, that's a great story for the podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> so um, anyway, my, my uh, final thoughts here, kind of talk to you guys about the, you know, when you say you, you were a driver and stuff, and, and everybody knows that I haven't said it in a long time. In fact, I used it yesterday on an email back to uh, Kendrick. But Theodore Roosevelt, it's one of his most famous speeches. And, uh, in fact, he was, he was overseas when he did the speech, and it's one of the, still today, one of the few speeches that got such a long applause when he finished, over two minutes each time. But the, the quote goes, I'm not, I'm not going to read it all, It is not the critic who counts, not the person who points out how the strong person stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The critic belongs to the person who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming but who does actually strive to do the deeds. And, and it goes on, and the rest of the quote's great too, but along with this, this quote, I just watched a TED Talk where this woman goes over the quote. Mm-hmm. She said, I've, I've spent my life studying vulnerability. And she says, I heard this quote, and she goes, this describes everything about vulnerability. Because she said, if you listen to the quote, it's not about winning or losing, okay? It's about the person in the arena. It's about showing up and being seen. They're daring to be daring because they're in the arena, right? And she said, this is the, who I want to be. I want to create things. I want to change things because I touched them. I want, I want to do that. She says, Again, I want to show up and I want to show up and be seen in my work and in my life. And she said one thing I also took from the, from the quote on vulnerability and, and she goes, I've had an argument with my husband about this, is if you're in the arena, you got to know you're getting your ass kicked. Mm. 
if you're truly in the game, you're going to get your ass kicked. And if you're not in the arena with me, if you're not struggling, if you're not trying to be seen, I don't want your opinion. I don't need your opinion. I don't need somebody on the sidelines. She says, I'll take all the criticism in the world if you're in the arena with me. And I think when we make that comment that when I was a driver or when I was driving, it's because we want people to know that we were in the same arena. Right. We are willing to get bloody and marred and do the work. We want to be seen. And if somebody doesn't understand that, and, and you know, I'm not, it sounds mean, but if you're not willing to get in the arena like we're, we're right now doing this podcast, we're in the arena, you guys. We care about every one of you. We're, we're standing up and showing up at our job. And we want to touch you. We want to touch other people that are listening to the podcast. And if we can make them better in one step, whether you're a, a flatbed, whether you, you know, twist your straps so they don't flap in the wind when you do your, when you do your load, when you're, you know, you, you skipped fueling your, your uh, generator, your, your refrigerator, you know, hauling reefer, uh, reefer, you know, all, anything that make you thump your tires. I mean, thumping your tires is universal no matter what you do. But we're just kick them. Is it okay? Yeah, sometimes. I don't know if you have Crocs. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just wanted. I mean that. Durder. After the lady broke the the speech down, it's all about showing up and being in the arena. And you're gonna fail. You're gonna get your ass kicked. You're gonna stumble. And and that's the critics we don't need. If you want, if you want to criticize us, jump in the ring and do the best you can do every day. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not willing to get in the ring, then you shouldn't criticize anything. You have nothing to say. Nope, nope. And we're we're just telling you by when we say we're we used to be a driver or we're a driver, we'll we'll get in the ring. I'll 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 step in the ring as far as a driver with anybody here. Oh yeah. So no doubt. Uh for me guys, nice job, Jim. Thanks. That, that was good. I appreciate that. I'm still having trouble with my words. Okay. <laughs> I know it's been funny and my 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 safe word at work is bacon, and <laughs> if people see me kind of getting a little hyped up or cutting people with my tongue, they'll say, bacon, bacon, and that's cute and funny and everything, but it really isn't, and it's a, it's a problem, and I don't, I don't know why. But anyway, I read a, a Bible verse the other day, and it just really touches on it, so it spoke to me. Anyway, it says, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the tongue has a power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And that's Proverbs 18, 21. The author writes, Our words are powerful tools. Just like a tiny spark can set an entire forest ablaze, a small word can have a massive impact. Today's verse reminds us that our words have the power to build up or tear down, to give life or bring hurt. Every day we're faced with countless opportunities to use our words. We can either speak life into situations and people or we could use our words to harm. This verse encourages us to recognize the weight of our words and to choose them wisely. As followers of Jesus, or even if you're not a follower of Jesus, let's strive to use our words for good, to encourage and to build up. Let's remember that words we choose to speak can be a reflection of God's love to those around us. So I thought that was pretty powerful. 
Yeah, Jim, you're, I mean, I'm just, you, you read that, and I think of Dave's High Road Holland. Yeah. Because that's, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And those words could be to yourself. Oh, yeah, self-talk's real important. Yep. You know, the way you talk to yourself, the way you look at yourself in the mirror, absolutely 100%. I can't stand when somebody says, you know, well, I'm just this, or, you know, you know, just putting themselves down. That, that you know, if one person's going to believe in you, it should be at least yourself, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> first know? and foremost. Uh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That's what like, you know, Dave, and then Dave countered there with a not counter, but you know, with a vision. You know, do you do you vision yourself as as a loser? You right? you have to see yep. yourself where you're going to be. Yeah, yeah. Right? You have to you have to talk about it, and you have to see it. Yep. You have to so. see yourself checking that liner and see yourself. Doing that post trip yeah. and see yourself hey. doing those jobs. Yeah, talk yeah. talk about Ray Ray's words. Yeah. You know, yeah. it matches what you just said. How how are you going to teach that person? Are you going to teach him with a with a forked tongue, right? Or or yeah. a sharp tongue? Absolutely. You have to yeah. see yourself being kind to your wife and good to your kids and family, right? Yeah, I and mean, when you cut them, that hurts the worst, right? You no. know, when you say something and you could just see it, it crushes them a little bit. It's it's not a good feeling. I don't like that and. Even yesterday, I mean, I'll just throw it out there, and I don't know if Jake, um, the mechanic, listens to the podcast or not, but I'd like to apologize to Jake. You know, he came up in the dispatch office yesterday, and I'm not blaming him, but he had a certain energy about him, and I matched his energy. You know what I mean? And maybe even a little bit more. You can't throw dirt at dirt and expect dirt. dirt. <laughs> you can't throw dirt at dirt and expect a positive outcome. You know what I mean? So I apologize, Jake. You know, I should have should have watched my mouth a little bit better than I did. So, hey, I'll throw a shout out to Jake because I don't know with if everyone truly knows it that works here, but he's in the is it the Marine Reserves? Marines. Okay, I, I wanted yep. I started to say Army. I'm like, oh no, that's a big oh, deal, man. right? I can't go there. So, anyway, uh, yeah, he did his armed services. Yeah, did his <laughs> did his two weeks and uh, you know to keep his reserve. What, status, status yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, gosh, he was out in Palm Springs, California. It was 125 degrees, and Ooh. they were all geared up and having to do their their routines or you know, d- I want to say deployments because Ex- yeah, they're exercises, exercises right? Drills, but, but not just exercises. Yeah, drills, exactly. So anyway, yeah, thanks, Jake. Thanks for supporting our country and yeah. and being a true patriot, man. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, you mentioned the temperature. We've had a cool, rainy spring. Most everybody else is baking. Yeah. yeah. Down in Texas, yeah, they're Texas setting records. Just gonna, yeah. Yeah, just Jake has a story that's not appropriate for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we were, you talk about his energy. It was pretty entertaining when he was telling us the story. And we ribbed him a little bit about it, but it was, it's good dude, man. You know what I mean? I suppose if I was in a gunfight, I'd want him on my side. There you, you go. You know? Sweet. All right. Let's hit the creed and get on out of here. Alright. <clears throat> Together, Together we, we face, face and overcome all that stands before us. Together we are accident free. Together we joyfully create honest value for those we serve. Together we celebrate our differences and respect those with whom we work. Together we are accountable for our words and our actions. Together we are the JFW family. All right, everybody. Oh, wow. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, everybody. everybody. Have a happy Thanks, Fourth of everybody. July. Oh, I got one more final thoughts. Oh. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Channel 23 Podcast. (laughs) Hit that follow button. Also, don't forget to go back and listen to Episode 72 so we can help find Amber's mom. Links to her story will be in the description of today's podcast as well. See everybody next week. Thanks, Jim. Yep.
I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a-truckin' down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a-lookin' for another load. Well, it's a family tradition, any Rocky Mountain day. Our fathers before us showed us the way. We work for asphalt cowboys and concrete kings. But that's never been a problem, cause we got diesel in our veins. We've got diesel in our veins. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. There's a couple million tons to move I see them everywhere So you best get out their way And watch that sand and gravel disappear There's another run to make We gotta get it there on time And we got what it takes To lay it all out on the line We'll lay it all out on the line Big bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big bright shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Those big bright shiny red trucks got the best drivers in town. They got all the tools they need to keep that hammer down. When they hit them scales, they won't need to dodge them, won't need to duck them. They just keep that hammer down And they keep that diesel trucking Keep that hammer down And keep that diesel trucking I see those big bright shiny red trucks Just a-trucking down the road Those big bright shiny red trucks Just a-looking for another Keep them doors closed, keep them butts in their seats Cause those customers are calling, and those red trucks can't be beat They've gotta put the hammer down, and pick up another load Get it off the ground, keep them eyes open and on the road Keep them eyes open on the road Big bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big bright shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Breaker, breaker, two, three. Anybody got a copy on that channel 23 podcast? Welcome and thanks for listening.